welcome to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 116. Coming in hot. Okay, Okay, here's a story. This is why. I I had the other day I came downstairs. I'm arranging things in this room. I was so fucked up. Something else happened. I forgot what happened prior to this. I was in a bad mood about something. I forgot what it was. But I came down the stairs and I came in my fucking basement down here. And I look, and I, I I had recently put this box with the micro microphone and everything in it high up on this thing, so no none of the cats could get it. Well, I came down, and I literally saw the box on the ground. The microphone was thrown across the fucking room, and there's a big dent on the fucking top on the grid part. You know, the 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 covering of the mic bashed in. So I brought oh, it in. Francesca. <laughs> Uh, she's got a temper, that girl, yeah. right? He's like an old man. What the uh, fuck? You and your podcast. <laughs> it was Irene. I forgot to pick up the odor. It's cleaning day. <laughs> I forgot to pick up the odor. It's Sunday morning. It is cleaning day. That's right. But anyway, I came over here. Now I'm bugging the fuck out. And I'm like, I am going to have to do a test before I record again. So I came over here. I sat right here. I plugged everything in. I used my my uh, my QuickTime WordPad, whatever the fuck it is, and I did a bunch of tests. And I started playing around with the volumes. And I noticed that I, I come in kind of low and maybe not as clear and, and pristine as Christian does especially. So I said, maybe if I play around with these little things, this, this here, what you hear now, is what I determined on playback is to be – my best sound, but do you guys think it's too loud? No, no, not but, now. It, it, it now it's perfect. Sorry, okay. what were you going to say, Brandon? Did no, I ruin your joke? Say, I think it was just the no, it wasn't going to be a joke. It was just more of the all right, all right, you know, like it came in hot. But I actually like this sound. But I was sick of that too when I saw somebody post uh, the video of us, and I'm saying to myself, "Man, Christian and Dave both come in louder than I do." But I think oh, it's boy. like I think it's my speech. I don't think it's that I don't come in loud enough. I think it's, it's, it's the not way my I sound come. editing. I think I have a speech impediment. You don't and have if, a speech impediment. I, I was watching myself talk, and I'm like, I don't open my mouth when I talk. I don't <laughs> you know, this, uh, before you go, I go, apples and oranges, apples and oranges, apples and oranges. <laughs> she sells seashells at the seashore. Red <laughs> See, leather, <laughs> yellow leather. You got to exercise that mouth. Yeah, and more ways than one. Dave, take out Junior. I want to do my exercises. <laughs> <laughs> it goes right to Junior. Not all. Sorry, I don't know why he goes right to Junior. I don't either. Poor he had female options. He goes right to Junior. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. That cock on the mind. Cock on the mind. Cock. <laughs> Absolutely. One week down of my uh, first week of dieting. I thought I'd bring it up since our group chat has become a, a diet and exercise chat. Our group chat becomes everything but horror some days. So, how did your first week go? Four pounds lost. Nice man, yeah. I I can't believe it. I I was I hit the scale. Remember, I, I probably brought this up on the show last year, but in October I saw a, a weight that I never wanted to see, so I I started doing it. And by Christmas I was great, and then probably till about February I kept this good diet going and everything like that, like f- just eating the right foods. I have gained so much weight now. It's <laughs> I've, the number I see on the scale is higher than it was the time I saw it in October. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, it's I've been crazy. I've been really I'm I'm about forty seven pounds higher than I was about eight years ago. Forty seven, and Dave talks about his ideal weight being one, or he was like one thirty eight. I go one thirty eight. I haven't seen one thirty eight since I was like ten. I'd be on hospice. One thirty eight. 
I was 148 at my lowest, but honestly, right now, I could. I don't think I could. I think 160 would be my ideal weight. I don't think I could carry less weight and and eat eat a normal diet. Well, how tall are you? Five eight, but but I have so a different. But I have a See? different yeah. with different builds. I think sure. I think I have I have a much broader shoulders. Yeah. I got yeah, yeah I got I got a different build too. I got those those fat stomach builds. <laughs> I, just, I have a, I have much wider shoulders and a much smaller penis. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at, I got Christian right when he was drinking. <laughs> awesome. Could you, I, I brought it up before. Wouldn't it be great if you ate and that just went to your dick? Oh, just, I wish. Oh, My dick oh. would be 18 feet long right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> No, it goes to my gal. So I'm, I'm five nine or five nine and a half. It depends on who the fuck's measuring me. But so I'll say five nine. But I'm that's only an inch taller. I'm way heavier and the the lowest I've ever been. So growing up, I was always like you know maybe one seventy two to one seventy five range, maybe one seventy two. Oh. When I went on my debt, like back in like two thousand twelve thirteen, I went I made it down to like uh, I think one sixty seven one sixty eight, and that was that was great. But that was the lowest I've ever been. Yeah. that I can remember. 193. I, I, One, on skit, 193. But look, I don't think I look. Like, I'm not... I'm, I, I got a bit of a belly, but I don't think I look 193. Uh, you, ca- you carry it well. <laughs> the, same with, the same with me, because I was 195 and a half a few months ago, and I was 191 and a half when I started this diet. I just weighed in at 187, and I'm... And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Right. Well, like, I know, this... but that, that's, you're, at least you're going the right way. It's yeah, great. I know, but like, I'm like 187 still. That's a good weight if I'm 6'2. 187. That's true. 187. <laughs> 187. I'm going to 187 myself if I don't lose more weight this week. I know the feeling. The highest I ever got the high, five years ago when I reached the fucking the highest I was, I hit 183 was the highest number I saw on the scale. And that's when. That was the high, and I, that's when I said, "All right, fuck this. I'm never yeah. supposed to be in the 180. This is uh, is out of control. I had a fucking double chin. This and that. I was sitting there watching television, watching TV in my fucking living room, and I would feel sweat under my fucking neck. I go, "What the fuck is the matter with you?" And th- this is what got me thinking: How could me, a guy who was fucking five eight, one eighty three, be sitting there and sweating? Yet there's three hundred pound people fucking walking around, and they seem to handle it well. I, I just come I to the conclusion that. that some people are meant to be fat and some people just can't like they get, I had all kinds of health problems. I was, I was having problems sleeping. I wake up like fucking coughing in the middle of the night and having breathing difficult. I'm like, I, I'm just not meant to be overweight is what I, what it came down to. So I was one to three. That was my highest. I went on the diet, started exercising. Here's the funny thing. I, I was not able to do both at once in the beginning. I was, I had the treadmill and I was on it every day and I changed my diet and I lost maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 pounds. Then when I was, my treadmill got locked up in storage for fucking two years. But I, and that's when I was fucking basically homeless and living with my father and all that crazy shit was going on. So there I am living in my father's apartment and I was on the best diet I've ever been on in my life where I was eating next to nothing, but I I was feeling good and I just kept losing weight. And I did this for so long that by the time we got the house and moved into our house, I got as low, like maybe two weeks after we got in here, I was down to 138. So I had gotten down. Wow. I was like, holy shit, look at this. So that's where I was. My my original target weight was 150. I said, 150 is good. It's appropriate for me. I'm good. But I just kept losing it and kept losing it, just doing it. And I didn't have the urge to eat more food. And this was without exercise. So it's like, awesome. So now all this time goes by. Now we're, we're you know, it's two years later. We've been in the house. 
about three, four months ago, I look on the scale and I'm slowly gaining a little bag each day. And I, I weigh myself every day. I've been doing this for fucking five years. Every morning before I get in the shower. And sometimes if, if I work out, I do it right after that. So I'm obsessed with it. So now I start seeing it at 150, 153, 155. One time I think I hit 159. I think I saw 160 happen, pop up once. And I said, oh, no. Do not, do not go back in this direction. <laughs> what the fuck is the matter with you? So I put my foot down. I said, okay, this is going to change. I changed my diet. And then... You didn't By have your other magic. foot down on the scale? <laughs> yeah. That's then, why I'm then, so heavy. Then, then you saw 170, and you were like, oh, no. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I cut all the shit out of my diet. I started drinking more water a day, which is insane that I drink as much as I do, but I do. And I started losing a little, and then all my wife's stuff came out of her storage unit in California, which we have been paying for for fucking years. We finally had the money because she got a big check for, uh, for being out of work in covid a lump sum. So I go, there's the money. Let's go now. Get that. We were paying monthly for fucking ever for the shit in Florida, in California. Pardon me. So she went there and she got all the stuff, brought it in. We had it, have it in the house. And then I, I realized that now I officially know that I have enough room to bring my treadmill out of the garage and down into the basement and start using it. So this coincided with me dieting. So for the first time ever, I'm fucking going ape shit on the treadmill and eating the diet. I've never been able to combine the two for any duration of time. So now, like I said, I was up to like 158. Now I, I'm already, I saw 143 yesterday. So I'm oh, fucking wow, man. That's, hitting it. We should yeah. do the show on a treadmill. We should, all three of us should be on a treadmill and we should just fucking do the show. <laughs> no, we should weigh in before each episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, that we should do that. I realized though, I realized why I saw 193. I got my tooth. And that, that's it. That, that That's probably weighed me down a bit. <laughs> this is the premiere, right? Is this the, the premiere? premiere? Yeah. Oh, the tooth Introducing is my tooth. Yay. Ding. Brandon's mad because he can't make fun of my gap anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. He's so disappointed. That's but anyway, sad. do you ever take, do you ever like weigh yourself and take a big dump and then you run it right back to the scale and weigh yourself again? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Sometimes a full pound gone. <laughs> it's usually a half a pound, but sometimes a full pound. Great. It's, it, it's, it's great. Same thing like when I get off the treadmill, because motherfucker, I go on the treadmill for an hour and I fucking burn 700 calories and I'm fucking, that's the only time I sweat is on that damn thing. But I do. And I get off and I'm like, okay, let's see. Then I go up and, I'm, and I weigh more. And yet I still have a stomach. This is what pisses me off. I'm sending... I still have a fucking stomach. You can see it from the front. Look at that shit. See? Stomach. It was like gone off at the dead. <laughs> but now from the side, it's not really there. No, well, it's, yeah. It looks like there's a six-pack in there somewhere. You can't see it's it from the, the side. But when I look in the mirror, I see this fucking... And I tell people at work, they all make fun of me. They're like, oh, you're skinny. I'm like, I wish I was skinny. I'm not. And I go, there's nothing there. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Look at it. There's something there. So it's like... I'm going to be, my target is back to 138 because that's the number that I once saw and I want to get to that all-time low. And it's very feasible. Featherweight, it's, what is he at that point? You should probably walk sideways from now on. In boxing, what would you be? You should walk sideways. <laughs> welterweight, featherweight, what are you at that point? He'd be just under junior welterweight, which is uh, 140. Yeah. Junior. They don't have a belt for that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, it is. Welterweight's 147. Yeah. Oh. Lightweight is uh, 130, 135, 
And well, I wanted, I wanted to be junior, so just so I could talk about me being a junior with junior, you know? <laughs> he keeps just coming put out. a boxing glove cut, on him. Cut off, an, cut off an inch, and you'll be down to 135. <laughs> Can you pinch more than an inch? <laughs> hey, breaking news. Wow. We have a new patron. Just came in. How about wow. that? On a Sunday oh. morn. Great. What show did they morning. pick? What eight-hour show did they no, pick? No, no. They didn't pick that show. No, no. It, it, New, 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 uh, Sean Klump, new $3 patron. By the way, we have had, we, we used to do this, and I have to apologize off the bat because I keep saying this and I keep saying it. And I just, I've had a very busy week with work and things going on there. And I just, I started to compile a list of everybody on the show that has, uh, you know, anything creative, YouTube or, or podcast, and I was going to shout them out. And I absolutely will in that show. It's just, it's taking a little more time than I anticipated. I want to do it right. So it's going to have to be next show. It's just too busy a week. But I will say this we have got a lot of action just in uh, August alone of new people joining. We had, uh, Kurt Dungeon on the 3rd. BC has come back. Bill Castanelli on the 7th. Alex Harrow has joined us on uh, just this Monday. Say hello to back. your little friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. It's funny because yeah, I guess he mentioned that we joked about him before he was even on it. I, that may have been the joke I made. I don't even remember. <laughs> but I do, re I do remember bringing him up. I just don't remember in what context. Pure hate, I'm pretty sure, was the context. <laughs> <laughs> but then we have uh, we have fan of Eli, who I, I only know because he's a um, a patron. Because I know Eli. <laughs> I don't know who he is. I have only heard him brought up on Twenty Two Shots before. Um, and that goes with uh, T Bone Tony Hartman, who I also know from the Twenty Two Shots crowd. Uh, so so that's awesome. Brandon awesome. Gregory and Sean Clump today. That's all been August, and we're we're halfway through. But in in the month before, we had. You know, uh, even more. So we're, we're we're still getting new patrons, which is awesome. So yeah, thank absolutely. you all. Fantastic. And if anybody that's, wants to join the group you, page or the chat, let us know because they're there, and it's hard to put that on the page all the damn time. Join this, join that, or, or message people individually. So we know you're listening to the show or watching it. If you're interested in the chat or, or the group or whatever, just no. I don't. Th I don't think I'm wrong. I'm almost positive. <laughs> That Alex is from back when I was just doing TJF 13 before so. before uh, we started exploding heads and then um, uh, he he came into this fold uh, and I I know that he's on the 22 shots page as well so I I don't know if he knew them beforehand but that, that's great man that's great I knew him through that and there was another person we brought in I want to say um who was the other guy we used to mispronounce his last name? Or we weren't sure to pronounce and he's Italian. We used to uh what the hell was his name? He, oh. he came from TIF. Oh no, uh Dave uh, Dave Rendon. Yeah, Rendon yeah. or Rendoni. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think he's a patron come. though. I I gotta I gotta hit I him. I haven't up. seen him in a while. No, he's I, um he's him. <laughs> <laughs> his response to everybody. They're not paid? Fuck him. You're out of here. Mafioso <laughs> kick him. Ugh. Rendon, Rendoni, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it is really funny about podcast listeners how a lot of guys are like really hardcore into a podcast for a little while and then later on and this happens with every show what happened with skeleton crew i've seen it with show after show they have these real hardcore fans in the beginning and they're like outspoken they're all over the place they, they, they contribute they do email and they're on the pages and then all of a sudden two years later they're just banished they're just they're not around at all not even in a limited format they're just Nobody hears from them. And I notice that happens a lot. It's, I guess maybe people just run out of time. They can't listen anymore. That's my guess. Cause I don't or, think like 
Or they you left the, the social media thing because uh, Warren Money's gone. He left Facebook. So there's like people that were very like big contributors. So you saw them a lot popping up. But then he, they, a lot of people ditched Facebook, I noticed, in the last year. I don't know if it was because of that security shit earlier or oh, whatever. Man. But a lot of people have seemingly uh, left the realm of Facebook. I, I ditched Instagram. I had Instagram. And because my family keeps saying, go to Instagram, go to Instagram. So I had it. I had the account for years. I never used the damn thing. So I just it's said, not, it's it. boring. I deleted I'm not, it. I'm not switching social medias. I know Facebook is considered for old people now, but this is it. What's happening I, with his microphone? Are you hearing that too, D? He's a little low. I wasn't going to say anything. I'm then low? Cause a fucking... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just did. I'm sorry, D. I'm sorry. I figured you could fix it in post. <laughs> is it normal Thanks. now? Uh, Yes. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, look at that. What's going on? Oh, wait a minute. You're back. I know I'm back. Yeah, I'm you're back. What it. happened? I have no idea. The ghost of Warren Money? That the sounds ghost good of now? Warren... Yeah, you're perfect. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not being... <laughs> Did you say the ghost of Warren Sap? Is it no, the Warren ghost money? of Warren Money. <laughs> no, the, the ghost of Warren Peace. <laughs> Holy shit. Didn't Warren Money... Didn't he? This is what I don't get. Didn't he hello. start? Hello, hello. You're good. Hello. No, it's Harrow. Harrow, Harrow. Alex Harrow. Didn't he start a podcast or two podcasts? Warren he was Money. About Did to. they ever? Huh? He, he he started the group pages for them, and I think they were supposed to be turned into a podcast. I don't actually think they recorded. People do think... this all the time. They start the group page before the podcast, and the podcast never comes out. I'll never understand that. It's true. I I I, I would never do that myself. Until the first episode is recorded, at least. And then I will put the fucking thing up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because you don't know. <laughs> I just find it funny. You know? Happens well, a lot, though. At all. Like, I, I've been Hello. getting posted in, in Holly's group because, you know, she's a patron. I, I mean, uh, what is her? Beyond the Screams, I think, is her new podcast. And uh, I've been getting posted every day, but I, I'm yet to hear the, um, in anything from the show. You know? But I, I'm sure she will. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm getting action in there. I'm like, okay, this is good. Where's the fucking show, down. Holly? <laughs> Why? You... My mic is dropping all over the place. You're fine though. You're perfect now. Go, go. Hello. Yeah, you He's could. Fine. You don't have to lean in. I just talk like there, right there. Something See? happened for a split second. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have opened my big fucking mouth, but I want to show. No, you got to keep mouth shut. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like this now. This whole show. Look at me. Look, you can't That's fine. Fucking head. Look at this. That's good though. Now you sound, you sound good. Sound Yeah. <laughs> when I was doing my tests, this is what I was doing. I was like this. I was like, okay, this is me talking here like I normally talk. This is me a little bit closer. And I noticed that when I come in a little bit closer, it sounds much better. Sounds well, we, like should, we should all be recording like this. We should be like, this is uh, Christian Luciani coming at you from Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. The morning <laughs> <laughs> that's the fucking, that's the night storm or the, the, the what do you call it? The, um, what's this shit called? The quiet storm. That's the evening, you know? Uh, yeah, this, this is, is Sunday morning. morning. This on, is what Sunday I was going to say. Zoo. The fact that that person... Which who was the one out of all the names you mentioned again? Who was the one that gave us the donation on Sunday morning? Do you have the name there uh, again? Sean. To put you on the spot. No, it was definitely Sean. Sean Clump. For all you religious people out there, instead of putting that money into the donation bin, put it You're into right. the Patreon. <laughs> it's true. You're right. Don't go to church. <laughs> you can go to church, but, but you don't get the COVID in. there. Church of exploding heads. <laughs> you get, right. You get Catholic COVID. <laughs> Temple of the Dog. <laughs> I'm going hungry. <laughs> what a Bring good song. That was what back in the day when you can have like, when you can have one or two songs and you sold the whole album because of it. 
You're right. It was a good now, matchup. Now, I mean, I don't mean to, to shit on the band because that matchup was fantastic. Chris Cornell and, and, and Pearl Jam members and everything like that. And I, so, I remember I bought the album, for fuck's sake. So Now there are no albums. I mean, there are albums, but like I was telling my daughter, I was like the other day, I was like, she was talking about listening to this band or this band. And I'm like, Frankie, uh, you should listen to this album. And she doesn't have any desire to sit down and listen yeah. to an album from from start to finish, which, I mean, I want to recommend crazy. her these albums because that's what I do. I mean, th- this is a great fucking album. This is a 10 out of 10. I want her to sit down and listen to this because experience what the band was doing at that particular moment in time. It's, well, it's what different what, what a band does here and what they do two years later. Instead of just listening to fucking random tracks by a band, listen to their work. Listen to their album from start to finish. We, we have that history, but I, I mean, I've fallen victim to it as well, man. There have been bands this year, some of my favorite bands have released new albums, and I've I've have them on my playlist on my fucking phone, and I'm getting a track here, track there, instead of just sitting down like old school and dropping the needle and just sitting back and listening to the album unfold. Now, that's old school, I have but to. I mean... <laughs> I, yeah, but I have to. If a new album comes out and it's on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, and it's from a, you know a band that I'm into, I have got to listen. Fuck, and I, that's the only way I listen to to an album. I, I, an artist comes out with something new, boom, fucking start to finish. That's the way it's intended. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to be one of those. Well, fucking, if you're an artist, if you're an artist, there's not. Uh, let's not group every. Uh, piece of music out there is art but the, the reality would be just like anything just like a movie they're all products at the end of the day that's why i i sure. do have a hang-up so if, if we want to one of my rants is the horror fan that can't seem to hate a movie because it's horror because it's been put out there they gotta love it they gotta love everything no there's some shit that's out there i've had this rant before why can't we just say you know what this is a piece of fucking shit the downfall or the reality is what you think is a piece of shit will be i guess considered art or loved by someone else what is that saying Uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure exactly something like that in around that's okay (laughs) but i'm with you it's and it's fine. It's shocking, though, how many people love shit. Are you, we can't hear you anymore? What's He's happening? He's making a joke. I oh, know we keep his a mic. It's not a joke. If not, why did you fuck? See, this is why I you never sorry. talk to anything. You I'm just fucking let it be because now, let good luck be. on finishing. Good, this that's a good show. album. I'm just gonna keep talking until he fixes this problem. <laughs> what the fuck what is wrong with do? him? This we is like worse than me nothing. falling asleep. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Yep. Not a thing. Yeah. So B is uh, the silence of the Orlick. Usual kind of playing around with his fucking shit, <laughs> and now now it hurt him. He'll never learn. I keep telling him every fucking thing. We're gonna be talking about one of his favorite movies today, and he's not even gonna have a voice. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. I don't touch anything. Don't, don't even touch turn the fucking, fucking camera on. I didn't don't even touch. Don't touch a thing on the computer. I don't Nothing. want you looking busy. Even, Just look right at the camera and I talk. cracked a perfect joke at the perfect time, and I'm like, it didn't get a laugh. There's no way anyone heard me. Cause what was said, the joke? Why does everyone have to love every fucking movie? And they said, are we talking about Jason Smith again? And- <laughs> <laughs> he may be one of them. He, does, he doesn't like everything, though, but he, he'll be the, at least the most honest, and I think he'll give a movie a chance. But some of the movies that I see him posting on his site that he's watching, I'm like... I don't follow the Dave Z art test a lot, but they would fail hook, line, and fucking sinker. And they would as a film too, without even watching it. You could. I'm telling you, 
Time and time again, I see someone post something on fucking Facebook. This movie sucked. And I looked at the fucking cover. I'm like, yeah, no, no shit. The fucking movie. Look at that fucking cover. I would run, not walk away from it if I saw there's, that on the fucking There's couch. a couple. You got to be careful, though, this year because with it being mostly like smaller VOD films, there's a couple that failed the test that have had actually been pretty good movies. Such as? Uh, one in particular. I mean, it wasn't an amazing movie. I gave it like a seven, but uh, Cruel Peter. Huh. I, thought, I thought it was actually <laughs> stop. A seven counts. A seven counts. No, but the the, the artwork is atrocious. Okay, cruel <laughs> Peter. I'll, I'll look, look it at up. it on Letterbox. Not this moment. I'll get back to it because I wanted. You mentioned Jason Smith, and I wanted to say something. And I thought about Brandon and Silence of the Lambs, and I, and I, I have figured out that I, even though I've, I've called myself a fanboy for certain things, I am not a fanboy for anything because I figured out what a fanboy really is, and it's not me. And the reason I'm not a fanboy for anything is there's not one fucking franchise I can watch, even my favorites, where I'm going to say every movie in that franchise is great. It doesn't happen. I, I think I'm too objective as a, as, a, as a watcher of fucking movies to be a fanboy. And I, don't, I don't mean that to sound like I'm fucking highfalutin or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I can't. Even my beloved Friday the 13th, who I, I, yes, you, you, I'll still say that these movies are pieces of shit towards the end. Or not nowhere near as good. So I finally figured out the definition of fanboy, and it, it but it's and this is I don't mean this as an insult. I'm just saying when I listen to Brandon and when I listen to uh, Jason Smith discuss Saw, they are they are Saw fanboys, and that's not a bad thing. But I realize that I am I'm not a fanboy for anything. You know what fact. though? I know what you're saying because you'll actually dismiss. But I actually will rate some of the Friday 13th movies low we have in, in our retro. Correct. But the reality would be, I know I'm a fanboy because I'll still watch them. And I know I'm like, huh. fuck this movie. I gave it a three or a four, but I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'll watch and them so, all, but Jason goes to hell. So, so you know, I will still watch that one. I will still watch that one because I do like the gore and I, I and it just, it pains me because I feel like there's a good idea in there somewhere. I just didn't like how they, they did it, but we're not going to get back into a Friday retro. It angers me as a Friday fanboy. How's that? That's why I don't watch. Maybe I'm so much of a fanboy, and I'm well, going on the other side. Well, there that you I'm, go. I'm, I'm so I'm so angry at what they did with the character and the fucking the mythology of Jason Voorhees that I I, I don't want to give it my time. So I don't so know. They, maybe they, I am. There you are. Maybe you are the <laughs> ultimate fanboy because of that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I don't like I said I didn't mean that as an insult to Jason and Brandon, but hearing them talk about it. And hearing me, I was always the Saw guy to, to everybody I knew that coming in. People would say he loves that series. Like Paranormal Activity. People like lump me in that fucking that, that category. Oh, he loves this and he loves that. And I do. But I still will watch some of them and, and objectively say, well, I'm only going to give this a six. You know what I mean? Where, where yeah. Brandon and Jason give them all like a fucking eight or higher. Or so it seems. that I could be wrong mm -hmm. about Jason. I don't know about the rating system with him and how that, you know. He doesn't but I, I, I've heard Brandon. Oh, he doesn't? Okay, no, I don't want to happen. We're just talking, calling you like a Saw fanboy, which is fine. I am a fanboy. Does Jason Smith rate oh. movies? I, I can't remember. He don't. No. He doesn't. He just says my reviews yeah. should tell you whether or not you should check it out. Okay. And he's and right. And he's right. At the end of the day, he's right. Because like th Ooh, this is why he makes fun of us in the sense of like we'll be talking and talking and talking. And then the number that we throw out at the end doesn't necessarily coincide with his belief of what we've been discussing or how we've come across in our discussion. So, like, you know, like, Brandon will say, like, oh, my God, this, that, and the other thing in 7.5. And then he's like, oh, my God, that would have been, like, a 5 to me or a 4. And same with me. I, I fall victim to that, too. But it's fine. I, that's, we are who we are. But they're not 7.5s. Like, it will happen. They're not 5s. 
fives. You'll get fives when they're fives. We're I not reviewing bad enough films for there to be fives. Hopefully not. No. Oh. Hopefully they do not do a review a five. Well, I gave one five for one movie this year, though. I can tell you that. But I mean that that that's the lowest rated. I gave and, a I gave a five to a brand new film I watched last night, and I could have given it lower. That's how bad I thought it was. But the acting was really good. Good. Well, I'll tell you what, buddy. And that's the I, rental. What? What about the rental? I gave it a five, and I would have given it even lower if the acting wasn't so good. Oh I, my god. That movie fucking you sucks. You loved it. Oh. It's in his top ten, I guarantee it. That movie sucks ass. Look at, look at <laughs> I can see, I can see, We're not getting into it today. We got fucking no, sounds of the land. We cannot get into it. You're right. Let, let, let's, yeah. <laughs> B, I was just kidding. Why don't you turn your camera on for these fine folks watching? <laughs> what? I said I was just kidding. Why don't you turn on your camera for these fine people watching us? Is this a I joke? Think- Oh, no. Don't even. Yes, of course it's a joke. Yes. <laughs> I'm not I'm on so... camera right now, am I? No, you yes. are. <laughs> and you sound good. You're okay. Everything's, everything's Christian, okay. help me out for a <laughs> sec. No, everything's fine. <laughs> no, I know. I just adjusted something in the audio setting. Oh, no. It's fucking sound. <laughs> what happened? Oh, no, you're fine. Don't touch nothing. Everything was perfect. Oh, I went down again. I know. And then you just touch something. It's like your high school years all over again. There's not going to be a fucking podcast today, people. Go to the audio settings. Yeah, okay, okay. Silence of the Lambs, the the Hannibal trilogy. This was picked by Christine Straw, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you, Christine. I got a black Philip here, uh, Brandon. uh, Did you get yours yet, B? Because I know you were off the internet. She was trying to reach you, she said in the chat the other day. No, No BP. Okay, well, it's coming, and someone else even messaged me saying if if she's not getting it for you, that they, they, they oh, I was just I feel so everybody, it, now. it doesn't matter. No, people. Should. That's what I'm, the bottom line is people want to do it. So you work it out with Christine, and if not, then I gotta go do this way. Either way, uh, we're doing the Hannibal trilogy with Anthony Hopkins. We're not doing Manhunter, as some people may have. Or Hannibal wanted. Rising. Or Hannibal Rising. <laughs> I think that we should do Hannibal Rising and Manhunter as a fucking double feature option on our thing. I watched Hannibal Rising. Just to say that I watched it, and I was going to watch Manhunter. I thought I had it in my co- uh, my collection. I couldn't find it. I think it was on DVD, and it must be in my old stack or something like that. I can't find it anywhere. That was your nickname in high school, right? Manhunter. <laughs> <laughs> How awesome. about Hannibal Rising? <laughs> Do you remember this guy going, Hey, Japanese. Oh. Yes or no? Yeah, That's well, because I, I just watched that it. Movie. I just watched I never, it. But... I, never, I never saw it. So I here's the, the thing. Half hour and liked it. I'll talk about I'll talk about this in a nutshell. So I went to the theater to watch it way back when. Fell asleep. Woke up at the end and said, "Wow, that first half hour was brutal." Rewatched it now and said, "You know what? The movie looks gorgeous. The cinematographer in it and the editing cinematographer. I don't fucking know what he's. I can stop playing and laughing. I'm like, I'm not gonna fall victim to this again." Uh, and the editing and everything else, it looked great, but there's something about it. I don't know if it's the casting of Hannibal himself. Something doesn't work. It's a, it, it drags. It's it's way too long for its own good, but it's shockingly better than what I think a lot of people and what the IMDb rating would lead you to believe. So it's worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Let's put it as a uh, thing. You guys want to try that? Hannibal, and, or, pardon me, um, Hannibal Rising and Red Dragon. The other two will be... Manhunter, uh, Manhunter. Yeah, yeah, pardon me, Manhunter. So anyway, we better get into it because uh, yeah. we're on a time crunch here. Okay, B, we're ready if and when you are. 
All right. Silence of the Lambs. The Silence of the Lambs from 1991, directed by Jonathan Demme. A young FBI cadet must retrieve must receive the help of incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. You sounded you know what great, I noticed? and that sounded you great. Did, you did sound great. You know what I noticed about this trilogy? Each one of them has a different composer, and they're all highly regarded composers. Three different movies, three different composers. Yeah. Isn't that yes, interesting? but one of them I find nowhere near as good as the other two. And Are you talking even, about the, even the, the second yeah, Han- Hannibal's composition, I really don't care for. Maybe not the composition itself, but the composer is highly regarded. All yeah, three of them are. Only certain okay. scenes in Hannibal, which we'll get to, because I, I agree, Brandon. I'm like, why did they put this classical music here? It's, it, it's, doesn't, it's not fitting, and, and, but we'll get to it. Because we'll I actually quite like Hamill, Hannibal. I think I'll probably be the, uh, the coming to the highest on that one. But anyway. Howard we'll Shore. Howard Shore. Yeah. This, this composition's epic. He's a David uh, Cronenberg uh, regular. Absolutely. Yep. R.I.P. R.I.P. For R. I. P. Howard Shore. Yeah. Oh, I was like, when did Cronenberg die? Yeah, man. Are you kidding me? Christian wouldn't be here. Fucking I mean, his, head his, head. Career, his career died a while ago, but I'm... It would be like oh. when Kennedy got killed in fucking... It would be like Kennedy. In the United States. What? Oh. Brandon Cronenberg. Brandon, sorry. David Cronenberg. Right, I think that's his killing. son's name, is Brandon. I know. I was looking at Brandon. I said Brandon Cronenberg. Dude, I know that is his son's name. Have you seen his new movie? Uh, let's stop. Silence yeah. of the Lord. <laughs> There's no time tonight. Sorry, folks. Today. <laughs> What a fucking movie. How's that? What a fucking horror classic. And yes, this is the most horrific of all the three. So if you want to say that this is an horror, you may as well not even watch fucking Red Dragon and Hannibal. Because this, to me, is the most horror of them all. And Without it, a doubt. Without a doubt. This one, then Red Dragon, then Hannibal. Hannibal's not a horror film. Oh, I see. I, I disagree. I, I'd say it's this one, Hannibal, then Red Dragon. Uh, but I, Red Dragon and Hannibal, I, I feel like are a par in the horror category, but I think I think we should be mistaking gore for horror when, when talking about those ones. This one is psychological and tense. Like there are sequences in here that and this was my favorite watch, by the way. I've seen this film numerous times. Put it on to watch with my daughter, and this was my favorite view of the movie. I think I'm with you. Two though. out of ten. every view of this movie is my favorite and even this time i watched for two things that have always bothered me and i even did a little research about how they're developed in the book and having watched the show i remember how certain things were played out in the show and silence of lambs actually changes one thing up completely and then the other thing it doesn't really give you enough information on but they're two minor things that you kind of overlook and uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt the film in any way, but were they answered in the extended scenes that they cut trimmed down? Oh, for the that movie? I don't have never seen. I didn't know there were extended scenes. Yeah, like the, so I don't have the Criterion Blue, but I do have the original Blu-ray. It was actually one of the first Blu-rays I bought, but it has extra features. Some of the extra features are a little annoying because they make you they just start the movie and then they go into interview mode. So you're, you have to watch the film and then suddenly Jodie Foster pops up in a corner and starts explaining the character and, and whatever. And I'm like, oh. At least it's not I- Julianne Moore. <laughs> oh, hey, good idea. Good idea oh. in theory. What? But to watch the movie four times over to see all the special features that they've done is a little annoying. I'll, I'll so, say this. The, the two scenes yeah, in particular I'm, I'm have to do with 
with Who Killed Benjamin Raspell in Silence of the Lambs versus In the Book, and then, of course, J- James Gum's connection with uh, Mrs. Littman. Is Benjamin the head in the storage facility? Benjamin is the head. Now, in the book and in the show, Hannibal did kill Benjamin Raspell, and the head in the trunk is actually Benjamin Raspell's lover named uh, Klaus. And and that that's the reason why Klaus was killed was because Buffalo Bill was jealous because Buffalo Bill used to date Benjamin Raspell. That's how Hannibal met him, because he referred him. In the movie, yeah. Hannibal assures Clarice that he did not kill Benjamin Raspell, and the head is not Klaus, it's Benjamin Raspell, and you're assuming that Buffalo Bill did because they find the death's head moth. Death, death, death's head moth. I th- I think he Say mentions. I, th- <laughs> I think that's what he meant. I think uh, Hannibal mentions that. I think he, he says it, it. That that's the connection, right? That's what he they said. The I simply there. tucked him away the way I found him. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the connection. No, that that makes sense. I'm just saying there's a little confusion between changing it in the book versus that. And of course, in the book versus the movie, you don't really get a uh, a connection between James Gum and Mrs. Lipman. But in the book, James Gum worked for a company, and, and I believe she was a customer or something. He did a lot of work for Mrs. Littman, and that's how the connection was, was made between them. Because in this, at the end, when the, uh, when the guys are going to – when Crawford and his men are going to Calumet, which is the address of where James Gum, a.k.a. Jack Gordon or whatever his name was, lives, she goes to um, – Littman's. She goes to Lipman's in, in Ohio Lipschitz. or something. Yeah, Lipschitz. <laughs> Dr. Lipschitz. And, and, and finds him there. So he killed her and, and, and took over the house there. And again, you, because we don't go literally. Her? What a fantastic directing yeah. uh, done there. That, that, oh, that's boy. great directing and great editing uh, of how that whole sequence is constructed. They do a couple of those switcheroos here that upon rewatch, you know, are coming, obviously. I mean, you know, but that are so well constructed that I was just kind of watching the movie, but also watching my daughter's reaction because I wanted to see her response to the ambulance versus the bleeding body that looks like Hannibal Lecter in the top of the, of the elevator shaft. Right. And then the, the doorbell ring for, with mm. them arriving at the house versus Cl- Clarice uh, at uh, Buffalo Bill's house, excuse me. And she loved both of them. She just said, yeah. so from new eyes, it was just a pleasure to experience it again because I, you know, by seeing it multiple times now, you know where where, where it's going. Obviously, the so elevator, the great. elevator scene is, it is so great. it's so well crafted because even just paying attention to the details, when the one guy got off one shot, the Pem- Pembry got off one shot, and that's the one whose face he wears. So he dumps Pembry's body in in the elevator shaft with the other guy's gun, who he hung up. So yeah. the other guy's gun is missing, and Hannibal's missing. Pembry got off one shot, so they're thinking Hannibal might be injured because of the blood coming through, and he's obviously armed because he's got the other guy's gun. So it draws the SWAT team's attention away as they clearly you know, get Pembry, a.k.a. Hannibal, out of there. It's so well-crafted from, from the standpoint of like Hannibal yeah. really thinking, thinking everything through. And... It could be a deterrent for some people, but I thought it was actually awesome. He pulls a Jason Voorhees, Pamela Voorhees, and somehow has time to string this guy up like 20 feet in the air. And I have no problem with it because I know people well, have complained about that. 
They shouldn't complain because they they don't give us a a, a frame of reference for time. He might have done that for fucking an hour and then started playing the games with the elevator that was leading the people off. That's true. true. That's true. true. If he would have started on the elevator and then gone, and then we would have had motion, then there's a legitimate beef. But we don't know the, the, you know, the the time, the time frame. We don't know. It could happen anytime. So, no, bullshit. But I'll I'll say this about the the switcheroo and everything else. That it, two things. Number one, that's why this is a horror movie because you you would not have somebody wearing another person's face. It would, something hokey, and I I use hokey. I, I don't mean it as a negative, but that is a horror movie fucking thing that would not be done in a thriller or a fucking on uh, you know one of those crime shows on, on NBC or anything. That that is a horror thing that only works, in my opinion, in a horror movie. Because if you take it, unless it's face off, right? That's all fucking movie. The whole thing, even though I do love it, but <laughs> that and he did it before fucking b- before uh, Saw. There's a lot of comparisons to Saw. In this whole fucking franchise, uh, and we're gonna, I'm gonna mention him, but that um, he did it before fucking Jigsaw did it with pretending and all that other shit, and and did it before, and much better than fucking what they, you know, what they claimed happened in Halloween Resurrection, you know. But, but I mean, and Saw Seven for that matter, when fucking Hoffman did it, Hoffman ripped off fucking Hannibal in this movie. No wonder Brady loves Saw so much. <laughs> See, that's it. It's all it's all Silence of the Lambs. I love Saw, but like, it's just something about. <laughs> the atmosphere of this film how they introduce you to uh Clarice. i i they introduce you to all the characters the you got opening, yeah, yeah i agree with i am sorry to i no, don't no. cut you off go ahead no, not no, finish no. no because i was gonna say even just the opening scene of her running the course by herself and then there's a in, in shot when she gets called back in to see crawford and she gets into an elevator and it's all men and they're yeah. all towering over her it's yeah. a very interesting shot to yeah. set you up that that here we are we're getting a young cadet who's sort of like out of her element yeah there are other female cadets there but she's sort of in a world that's dominated by men oh and the whole movie you have that you have that with the yes. cop scene later on and oh and everything else and she calls yeah. him out and i love that but that was her idea right so because the original opening scene she said was a, a switcheroo where you think that there's a baby killed and the, and she thought it was a trick and she thought that she she didn't think that worked with the character so yeah, she suggested Hannibal. pardon and that animal well, with a fucking It's baby. funny because that's what I thought she <laughs> mentioned. Uh, that's why I thought maybe they switched it for that. But I think it was something that was a training. You find out that it's a, uh, a cadet training. And, and a lot of a lot of sure. attempted decep- deception in this film. With Crawford obviously lying to Clarice about them building a serial killer profile with all the living serial killers. When clearly right. he wants her to get help with Buffalo Bill. Her, of course, her and Crawford, you know, promising Plum Island. Yeah, Anthra- Anthrax Island under the you senator's guys. Yeah, I mean, this it's- is what this is the complaint, and uh, this is the minuscule complaint. I wish they would have. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I wish it would have been presented as that Clarice herself thought the Plum Island um, proposal was also legit, and that Crawford was she, just fucking with she her. She did. I think. Oh, she did. No, she didn't. Oh. She yeah. She actually yeah. added oh. the Anthrax Island part to it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Don't you think it would have played off better? Because if actually, she when I, it's Why funny don't? that you mentioned it. When I watched it this time, I'm like, oh, so she doesn't know. And then you're right. Then I realized I forgot. Then they have that scene where she, he was like, that was a nice touch and, and yeah. everything else. And you for, I've totally, yeah, dropped the ball. It's not a complaint. It's something I, I think I, I, I call it a complaint, but it's, it's an observation where I think it would have played off a little bit better if she didn't know. Because it, it adds to her innocence even more so and being tricked. 
not tricked, but being manipulated a little bit. by yeah. She's not so cunning. Especially since she's still a cadet. She's young, even though she's brilliant. And she was yeah. tricked from the opening scene. I, I agree. I don't but mind it either. What's to gain by doing that? Nothing, honestly. Especially right? since, you know, Crawford references that if I had told you we needed help with Buffalo Bill, he would have saw right through you. So, but that just shows, but that, that also is maybe like, uh, maybe an indication of showing Clarice that she is at, not maybe as smart, but close to it and able to, to manipulate Hannibal a little bit. Cause he did believe maybe it's her. a vote of confidence at that point because of, uh, yeah. prior transgressions. Well, that's true. And plus, don't forget, he does, she does, um, she says to him in the car at one point, you know, when he calls her out, you know, about talking to the sheriff. Right. Away from the women, like you know, basically you got to treat me equal. I forgot what the line was, but right, I get that. Was that before or after that scene? Though, if it's after, I I could kind of say, you know what, maybe that maybe that's the reason. I, yeah, I think that scene. It's after in the, in the in the no, I think the scene the... with Crawford happened before they offered Hannibal, right? Or no, was it after? I don't know. Now I don't know. Sorry, I looked at my notes when you guys were talking. I was thinking something okay. different, so I apologize. But no, I, do, I do have a trivia question for you guys that might fit in perfectly right here. Ooh, Who's perfect. the only other actor care, and character to appear in all three of these films other than Anthony Hopkins? Barney. Barney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very easy fucking trivia question. So It's cool. No, it's a good trivia question, though. <laughs> Well, we'll get to that when we get to because there's things I'm going to say about Red Dragon with some casting choices. But anyway, whatever. I just it's funny when I first saw Barney and Red Dragon, just for a second, I thought it was a knockoff Barney. It, it didn't look <laughs> like him. I it did, was, I it that. was Barney the Purple Diamond. Yeah, he was like, this is fucking <laughs> yeah, weird. Like Barney Rubble. Right? <laughs> it was fucking because that happened the first time they show him. It's just in passing. He doesn't speak a line, nothing. So I'm like, wait a minute, is that Barney? But it's so weird that. The other movie only came a year after the other one. Like Hannibal was 2001 and Red Dragon was 2002. And I'm like, holy fuck, really? It's only a year later? Did you I guys... could be wrong on the... But anyway. How about Miggs pulling the old Spider-Man on Clarice? That's what I call it. Oh. Yes, it is the web. That's crazy. Spider-Man! Oh, Spider-Man! <laughs> Do I bring her out right now? He's shutting Kadash, Mama can't. That's what... <laughs> you knew it had to come out on the show. I myself cannot. Oh, I myself that. cannot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> is that a compliment? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Miggs, you then, stupid... What does he call him? You stupid son of a bitch. You stupid, stupid motherfucker. <laughs> now, here's that scene after after Spider-Man and, and the call out of Miggs. For years, I thought that the other guy in the cell that starts going, I always thought he was going, Hannibal the cannibal. Hannibal the cannibal. <laughs> but apparently... You know what I'm talking about, right, B? Yeah, you, isn't, he, isn't he saying Hannibal the cannibal? I had, I had the subs on, and this is what it said. It said that he says, hold on. Hannibal the comedian. Hannibal the comedian. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hannibal verse. Hannibal verse. I'll find it. But, um, oh, it says, I'm going to kill him on the subtitles. When the oh, guy really? Says, I'm going to kill oh. I'm going to. But I always thought he was saying, and I always thought it was funny, but cool at the same time. Like he's just rooting him on. Hannibal the cannibal. Hannibal the cannibal. You know? <laughs> I 100% I thought it was Hannibal the cannibal. Right. Well, Let's, I don't know. The subtitles say I'm gonna kill him, so I don't know. We'll never know. Actually, it. this time mine says I am cannibal. I am I, cannibal. Are you serious? I am cannibal. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cannibal. I love that though when he calls her back and he like like basically apologizes for his behavior and then extends. I would never uh, do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should have wrote down some of these lines, but uh, then he extend he extends her the uh, the clue to the yourself storage. Yes, well, that part's great, and that that obviously gets us to the next point. But just again, the lead up to 
that scene. The whole, because again, one thing they tell you when you're writing a script and everything else is how you're talking about a character and building upon this character before you even see him or her or whatever it may be and how that builds up this anticipation and this movie does it amazingly where we already know about Hannibal. Then we go to the, the asylum and we hear about him and how you have to put this in there and that in there and, and some of the things that he's done in the past. And um, I don't know if she sees the video of the nurse being attacked or if that's in a different one, I might be confusing it. Yeah, but that's in there's, Dragon, there's, I think. There's buildup. Yeah. There's some buildup there. And then she goes in and Bar- meets Barney and she's Hannibal. just stick to, stick to the right. And then she walks down that pathway. And it's so tense uh yes. just the way that they constructed that scene is great and again for whatever reason i guess jonathan demi and, and anthony hopkins talked to what would you want to be doing when when uh she walks up to you and he says i just want to be standing there and that the way oh, the he, that was his up, choice yeah and then he's just standing there waiting it. for her. it's just yeah, we know what standing is but thank you for demonstrating <laughs> He stood up like, this is standing, by the way. The manner in which he was standing. <laughs> Chris was like, wait, just for, the, for the patrons who don't know what standing is. <laughs> That's what he chose to illustrate. That standing. Of all the oh, you couldn't see my outside. fucking face. I was doing the Hannibal face, you fucking skunks. Yeah, but you were out of frame. So I, That's what I said. I was. I stood up. Oh. Okay, so now I'll stand in, in frame, you fuck. <laughs> You're a tiny Hannibal. <laughs> no, it's a great scene, and also the chemistry between the characters, and that's th- that's my biggest drawback of of Hannibal as as my my least favorite of the three. Because even in Red Dragon, you know, they reestablish a chemistry between Hannibal and his uh, his sort of rivals, but it, nothing rivals, you know, um, Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. It's just. It's brilliant. Oh, so if, when you watch exactly. it back to back with Hannibal, I'm not saying Hannibal's a bad film by any means. I still really enjoy it. But and I, Julianne Moore is a great actress. But there's such a drop off in the connection. But you know the the chemistry, the play off of each other. I, I'm forgiving of it based on the, the, the situation and, and the dialogue I, too. Yeah, I, I mean this, here, yeah, they're three separate films too. I think they do. Although they're part of the yeah. the trilogy, I think they do a great job of kind of giving each film its own kind of identity, as well. But man, the back and specific. forth just with True. Hannibal and Clarice, though, and this one is just oh, and you know getting to know her. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but since I watched this film, I've been walking around the house every two seconds to my dad, going, "Dad, quid pro quo, quid pro quo, daddy." <laughs> I thought you were going to say with your <laughs> cock strapped by, behind your ass, like. <laughs> no, he's been doing that. I've just been saying quid pro quo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Play goodbye horses dad. all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Which is going to be playing throughout this whole thing. Again, you know what? I didn't realize. I don't know why this was, but that scene is so much later in the film than I always thought it was. Yeah. It's their... No, the the tuck, the tucking. Willie tuck time, I call it. Willie Willie tuck time, and I don't care. I always (laughs) thought that was like halfway into the movie. That's like the last 15 minutes. Yeah, it's... In the climax, absolutely. And what perfect casting for Buffalo Bill. He often gets forgotten. Like he's fucking- not the character, but the fucking actor. Like he is Ted phenomenal. Levine, Ted Levine was a is a great actor. I mean, he's been great in he was great in the Hills Have Eyes remake. He was fantastic on Monk. He's great in everything he does. He's Candy but, Cane, oh, right? Speaking of that, Candy Cane. He's the voice of that, Candy yes, Cane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Jared. that, yeah. Let me just throw something in here. The yourself garage scene. Okay, remember when she figures out the yourself and yeah. she goes to the place and. 
I found it funny that the, that the place is just sitting there since the eighties because the fuck the guy rented it for ten years, seventy to eighty, and then fucking don't they auction those things off eventually? <laughs> they just left everything there for free forever. I thought that was funny. They should have put in a storage wars clip. Yep. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, give me that head. Yeah. So anyway, it's sitting there since the 80s, okay? And then the, the guy cracks it open, and they, they get the fucking thing open, and uh, using the, uh, what do you call it? The jack. Um, the car jack. jack. okay. So they, they, so they open the fucking thing up, and then you see um, Clarice sliding under the thing, and she cuts herself on a yeah. nail. And the first thing that, that came to me was, do you think that it was a rusty nail? <laughs> Wow! All that lead up for that. <laughs> it was it was a B joke. I couldn't wait to get to it. <laughs> oh God! Anyway, sorry. But back that to James awesome. Gum. I don't... His murder his murder van though, and that whole sequence there is is fucking creepy. And the way the music swells, where he's over with the couch and trying to get the couch into the van, and with the help. Another fantastic sequence, yeah. And yep. and another reason why my daughter doesn't trust any van. Every time she sees a van like that, we call it a murder van. I'm so glad you mentioned your daughter because I was going to question you because I watched this last year for summer series with my daughter and I told her, "See that? That is why you don't fucking do that. And if you see somebody that wants help and they say get into the bed, what are you going to do?" She says, "I'm not going to. I'm not going to help." I, I say, "Just don't help you anybody." Let, you let him get in the back and then you push him in and then you yeah. kill him and skin him. Yeah, if you and want we're to, yes. <laughs> There's not enough female serial killers. You're right. Is she is she a great big fat person? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have you always noticed? And again, I I got to admit, I I think this I I I'm assuming this is my first time noticing it because I don't remember before. But the Nazi propaganda stuff in his house. It's kind of yeah, suddenly it's there. All, it's, and, then, and then you notice it, and it's all over the place. You did, it's bed, all fucking over the place. Spread, there's it, posters. I'm like, of course. spread like... is all the, is like the symbol, uh, the swastika. And then the, yep. uh, there's like, there's actually posters up yep. about yep. it as well, all through his wow. house. Yeah. I think I, really? I, think I notice it every I time that? I watch it, but I forget it in terms of like identifying the character. Cause the character, I'm like, oh my God, he's just, I'm, crazy guy who's got severe body dysmorphia thinks he's a transvestite and uh of course they just gotta throw in that he hates jews <laughs> maybe it was litman's maybe he inherited from litman's yeah mrs litman <laughs> the, the sweet old lady who liked to sew and go to nazi rallies <laughs> yes, she was a closet nazi <laughs> dude well, and you brought it up look them showing like um the the police officer flayed and spread out like a uh, like very much like a, a butterfly and them showing Mrs. Lippman and then showing the Willie Tuck dance and them these scenes are meant to horrify you. You take these scenes out, this is a straight up thriller. Fine. But, but they're these showing scenes them. are thrown yeah. for the intention of being horrific and scaring people. So yeah. to, to question this as a horror film, I totally agree with you. I would. I have no problem now at this point in time calling this a horror film. He's got a uh, skin suit hanging on a rack, and yeah. we see him actually putting it under. My daughter's like, "Is that skin?" I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> when he's like actually putting it through the sewing machine, and oh yeah. man, it, it, yeah, that, you see, it's you see the almost finished suit at the end, seeing the bodies of uh, of the victims when they're all like mush and goo coming out, and Mrs. Lippman's goo and. It's just, there's a lot of horrific imagery in this. It, it walks the fine line of thriller and horror, and I can understand because it was 
upper crust quote unquote that they were trying to push the thriller route when it was going for the academy awards but as brandon just illustrated in all those uh sequences that is meant to horrify and that yeah. goes above and beyond what your standard thriller typically does maybe not a thriller nowadays but there's a there's a atmosphere and, and tension that they they build throughout this yeah. movie and and it, it definitely falls into the realm of horror and it's about cannibal a cannibal as well and a serial killer there's no question it's horror and i'm surprised that horror fans themselves got duped enough to believe because of the Academy and because of, you know, marketing that it's not horror that that's what, that's what's shocking to me. And I, I won't go on a whole thing. Well, I just, it's just, it's the most horror of the three. I mean, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Totally agree. Than, totally agree. Them. And Even all fucking all, manhunter, all of them. It's the most horror. Look, of the, the I, I, I was a little controversial when I did the 22 shots, 1986 show with them. I had man. Was it was manhunter 86 or was that 82? 86. No. 86. 86. I, I had that as my number one film of 86. Maybe it's not hard. That is definitely more. It, it definitely is a little bit lighter on the heart, but I love that film too. Cause I love anything yeah. dealing with, 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 with Hannibal and with, you know, I love the red dragon story. So, you know, seeing the original version of it told on screen was, was awesome. And I, I personally love that film, but you're, you're right. This, this is the most horror. And I think the three of these films definitely all, have moments where they're trying to horrify you. So I, I have no problem classifying sure. this as a horror trilogy. And no, it, it, it's, it's a lot smarter, a lot better acted, a lot, you know, classier. Yeah, a lot classier, I'm sorry, than a lot of horror films. It just is. I mean, whether they intended to make a horror film or not, they did. So right. I don't I don't care. I don't care even if it's No, well, that's why people passed on it. That's why fucking the, 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 uh, the first director wasn't going to be Demi. It was going to be, because uh, I just watched, I have the Criterion Blue. Yeah. Watching the, uh, watching some of, I mean, there's a, a bunch of extras. And I was watching some of that stuff this morning. And, um, geez, who was the first director supposed to be? Oh, Ned Beatty or something like that. Ned or, Beatty? Squeal like a pig? Yeah. <laughs> maybe not Ned. Maybe the other Beatty. Poor Ned Beatty, eh? Every time Warren, ba Warren Beatty? No, no, Gene Hackman. I always confuse him because of the Superman movies. Gene Hackman was supposed to direct fucking um, this movie. Really? Yeah, I, I remember and hearing that now. After he got the script and everything else, he fucking passed. Well, that this is much too violent for me. He says, I'm not going to do it. And then a similar thing happened with the original actor who was going to portray Hannibal, which was, uh, what's his name? Um, Sean Connery. He yeah. was going to do it, and he read the script, and he, he ended up passing. Because, <laughs> Imagine that. She's like, she said I could smell my cut. I myself cannot. It's just yeah. <laughs> All right, Clarice would sound too similar. <laughs> Demi wanted him just for the mainstream appeal. He says for a mainstream movie, Connery would have been the best choice. He goes, but uh, but when I did the auditions, he goes from just from a, a filmmaking standpoint and casting the best people. I wanted Hopkins, but I wanted Connery just for the mainstream appeal more. And he, and he goes, and every actor was trying to get this job, just like with fucking Jodie Foster's part, who she ended up being second choice. And she had to go back and get it because Michelle Pfeiffer ended up fucking go, doing something else. But the same thing happened with uh, with the actor, with Connery. He didn't want it. Everybody else wanted it. He was the only guy that passed because he said it was just too much for him. So the fact that the director and the fucking lead walked out, that, that shows to me that's a horror movie and they're too fucking highbrow for it. There's not enough wife slapping in it for Connery? No. <laughs> Sorry. That stuck Irish pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, fucking A. Jack Crawford sent a tradee to me. I fucking love it, dude. <laughs> that dialogue and that scene, the, the, their first meet and everything, and then the quid pro quo later on, ranks right up there with the dialogue from Psycho, with the interaction between yeah. fucking Norman Bates and initially Marion Crane, and then the conversation later that she has with fucking, that he has with Arbogast and, and, and Sam Loomis, which I, I love I love all those interactions. Was it's the same thing. before Arbogast's uh, tap dance? <laughs> Before he Gene Kelly's down the stairs. <laughs> Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. Yes. Fred Astaire. <laughs> oh, brilliant, Dave. Now you got to post that scene with the tagline Fred Astaire. <laughs> and you got to have some Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers music playing in the background. <laughs> Holy fuck. Fred Astaire. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, you were doing so well. I f- do what I, I see the no, thing. No, is, no, you were doing I, so well. I can't because we will. It'll, I'll do it. Establish trust. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, you had. Yeah, you had established trust. Percy, yeah, the whole yeah. thing. It's so great, and her character and what's going on with her, and the whole fucking every. It means so much more to me now. The last two times I watched it, really more than ever, um, just as an adult now and watching it when I watch it as as as, a, as being a younger person in my 20s and you know I just when I see it now the whole thing about the I never knew when I was young why they really called it the silence of the lambs yeah and now it makes perfect sense all that dissection of her and everything else and how this movie is this really is Clarice's story yeah more than anything and it's fucking it's just done so well yeah. it's you lose, you lose sight, you lose, you lose sight of the fact that Hannibal. I mean, it, it's well known in terms of him winning the Oscar for for best actor, and he's only in it for fifteen, sixteen minutes, and even less in fucking Red Dragon. I, I, I... yeah. So <laughs> let's. I mean, it is Clarice's story, and the story of um, of him of her at the cousin's uh, you know, sheep farm and the yeah. slaughtering, and and that whole story to me is my favorite part. When she tells that story, when she tells that story, man, and and he's like, "You will let me know when the lamb stops screaming." And, and the yes. uh, when she runs back to grab the file and that finger touch. Oh yes, God, I love it. I fucking I, love I, it. That's, I a, that's a directing choice there too. Like just like so like almost like well, I I, I assume again. I my wife swears by these books. It's her. She never read Hannibal Rising, but she loved the trilogy. Yeah. And she wanted me to bring that up on the show. She said she absolutely loves nice. Red Dragon, Sons and Zans, and Hannibal, and, and is not as forgiving of like she likes Hannibal the movie, but says the choices they made there were were wrong choices for some of the things. But I don't know if they okay. wrote that hand touch in the book. I would assume okay. that's a visual directorial choice by Jonathan Demi, and it works beautifully because of the way that they. They keep saying he has a connection and can get in the minds of people, which you don't. You sort of see here, and you get an idea of here because of their interaction and their intensity, and the fact that I think Crawford says, "Don't let him get in your mind." Yeah. <laughs> but just I think that. I think a, a lot of the times, like you, you see that played out more in Red Dragon and Hannibal. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it works subtly here. And I think that's just a, an actual physical exactly <laughs> to draw this sort of. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. Before they, between. they do the touch, you know, because I mean, she didn't have yes, to go see is. him. So she, he's I mean, he's she felt sort of... bad because of the scamming. 
she felt guilty for fucking for that happening. Yeah, exactly. She yeah. already like feels a connection with him. She feels bad and wants to apologize almost and just see him on his own. Yeah. And of course, she's still you know directly involved with the case. But I I think it's clever the way they they mix in the clues that you could you can figure it out. Like when when he's talking about coveting and stuff, and, and you get you get the clue very early on that that uh, Frederica Bimmel who was the first victim, but the third one found was the only one weighed down. And that makes perfect sense because you wouldn't, he wouldn't want that body found because that's the body right where he lives, where he comes. Well, here's my question. This is the, and I, yeah. I didn't think about it till this time. I think that's all clever and great. And I love the way it's revealed. But after I saw it and I never questioned it until this time, but how did Lecter know that he knew her? How would he have knowledge that they had a relationship and that he coveted what he knew? She was the third one found. How? Why would he have any knowledge about that? I mean, that, met, that's pivotal. because he's met Bill. So because he's met Bill, yeah, you think Bill he, may have um, just he's mentioned met it Bill, to him? He know he knows about. I know this girl. Well, don't forget Benjamin Raspell was Bill's lover. Right, but how does that tie into this girl to to uh, the, the victim? Why would he be aware of every? person he meets in passing just because no no hannibal i don't think hannibal doesn't know about federica bimmel or that she's been weighed down he just he just knows the profile of of bill and that you know he began by by coveting by 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 uh by destroying what we see every day what we covet every single day well you talk about being weighed down in the water yeah. yeah don't they say that there was some details mentioned in the papers just a bit i've been reading the papers because uh, he knows about Bill when she mentions him. Yeah. Oh, before. oh you're talking about him oh. having knowledge of the case, Dave? No. Him having knowledge that he knew the first co- the first victim. That's oh, all. he says that? Because I, I agree with Christian. Yeah, that, that's why the whole thing about covets. Remember, he basically gives her the fucking... You just said it. We 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 do what we covet, or we, we initially... What's the, what's the phrase that he says with covet in it? I might have it written down, but we... Whatever it is. He basically says the first person he killed is someone that he knew. That's yeah. All. Well, he has. How, how did he have yeah. that knowledge that his first victim was someone he knew? That's, you know, that's, you know how I think he has that knowledge, and I think I think it's Barney. Just a profile. Oh. I think it's Barney because you know what he does give a lot of details and does say that he's heard about stuff. He does it in 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 Red Dragon also. But Barney talks- would have no knowledge of that. Nobody knew that. The only person that knew that he fucking. We don't find out until there's that one scene with Clarice and her friend, and I forget her name, and, and they 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 come to realize it. Ardelia. We, we friend what we covet, or we okay, wh- whatever the phrase is. And then then they're like, son of a bitch, he knew her. That's when they find out. So I mean, we possess those that he, he knew her, meaning Bill knew her. That's what I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know both. that, but yeah. uh, my my question is this: How did Hannibal know that Bill knew her? That Bill knew his first victim. That's the only that that's the question I have. I that's think it. just from a psychological profile of that's what I said. Baby is a profiler, and it was in yeah. the papers that she was weighed down. You are right about that. So, yeah, but so I don't think that that he would have access. He would have access to that information. He seems to have knowledge of goings on when he really shouldn't be in in that isolation he's in. So that's why my theory is that Barney was probably feeding him information, and and he's acting as like the like the psychiatrist and, and saying what he believes is happening, whether it be true or not, that's his profile. He's like, yeah, he would know her and whatever. I think it, it could simply be explained like that. If I'm, if I'm getting the gist of what you're, what you're yeah, you are. putting out. Okay. 
And I almost kind of answered it for myself as I was talking about. I go, maybe this is, it's a profile thing. It's just, for whatever reason, watching it this time, that popped out. I'm like, well, wait a minute. How the fuck did he know that he knew this girl? You know what I mean? Just, I don't know. But it does make sense. Having I'm having a, known Bill, having met to. Bill, having treated Bill's lover, I mean, he has Benjamin Raspell's head in it, which has the death's head moth in it. So Bill killed him. So he has a connection with Bill. He know, I mean, he knows who he is the whole time. So he knows about him. He just likes to play the games. Yeah. Even even when he gives the even when he gives the senator and Chilton the fake the fake name the Lewis friend the uh, you know the the fool's, fool's gold. gold. Yeah. Right. I mean he's giving them the right information just the wrong name. That's sure. how Crawford and them figure it out and they're on their way to where James Gum lives. They figure out that it's James Gum or Jack Gordon or one of these aliases he's using. That's why they're going to Calumet City or whatever town it is and you know Clarice yeah. is in Federica's hometown. You know, seeing her father and then going to Mrs. Littman's. Do you just want and to grab about- him? Do you grab him and go, just speak like a regular person and stop at these riddles. Oh, I love the riddles. I love the riddles no, because, you know, they're so, you think like, uh, maybe this doesn't connect. Maybe it doesn't make sense. But it really does. The more you watch it, everything kind of does really make sense. And the one issue that people, I know JP has had this before, the pen, the pen. It's not that big of a deal. It's, I don't think it's a I big deal anymore. That. Here's why. What happens right before, right before you know, he has the he gets the pen. Chilton gets the upper hand and comes in and says, you know, I'm now in charge and we're going to see the senator. You're being transferred. And do you notice like Chilton? He's a very arrogant guy. He's so like self-indulged. And so what happens is he gets so excited. That he's finally like in charge because he's upset that you know Clarice isn't telling him anything, you know that that they're that he's being kept in the dark and stuff like that. So when when Chilton says to to Barney, get him ready for transfer, he's so excited. I think he walks out of the cell and leaves his stuff there, and the pen gets left behind. The pen does get left behind. That's no, not I, the issue. The issue is how, th- th- that JP would have is how if Hannibal was all restrained like that. Did he get the pen himself physically? How did he reach his hand out and grab it? That's what I think he's questioning. And I don't bother to go. I don't even think. It's a non-issue to me. I I, never even. I always assumed that they were going to take him out of those restraints before they uh, before they tied him back up again. Within some time frame of being put in restraint from being restrained into being switched to cuffs, whatever it may be, he was maybe able to, to Houdini the pen out. Knowing that it would well, give him an opportunity, I, I, and that's I, didn't it. Like, th- I never I think... Didn't think. I didn't think him all there on the rack was there for the transfer. I think that was there for you know Chilton to talk to him, and then you know the transfer's coming like not right away, but at some point a little bit later on. So he'd probably be taken out of his shackles. How horrific Maybe. is that mask? Oh, I fucking I, love it. I want that as my COVID mask. Yeah, it's, that's... it's only two hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going by Barney and fucking Verger, <laughs> oh. oh yeah, it's cool. but 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 Chilton is a fucking <laughs> what an asshole when he tried to take credit at the end after all that stuff and it was all fucking Clarice and everything else and they're interviewing him and he's like fucking well uh, how, how did you do it and he says something like um well um what did he say my unique perspective in, into uh yeah into his brain or something like that. He says, and he goes, Chilton, that's C-H-I. I'm like, get the fuck, what a fucking douche. And then you see her, she knows what the, what the fuck he's doing. I'm like, come on. He's a, he's a fucking, an asshole. I don't like him well, at all. Well, you're not I'm supposed to. He didn't get an opportunist, right? 
Somebody took care of him. Somebody loved him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they loved him so much. Why they? Oh, that's my question. Thank you. Thank you. That was my only other question mark I had for the whole movie. What? What? Does Dr. Pilcher and Clarice go out for cheeseburgers and beer? <laughs> oh, there is a question about that. Do you think at the end of the movie that what's her name and Precious began a relationship after she fucking was abusing her for fucking? No, uh, she was using it. No, you <laughs> saw that she was emotionally attached to it. She kept that dark for sure. Yeah, that's what I think. I think yeah. it's, all she was her, just using it, the, knowing how they yeah. all felt about she, the dog. Yeah, I realized what she was doing, but the dog still was crying. There was something going on. There. Well, the dog definitely hurt itself falling down oh. the well when she pulled it down. But I don't think her intention was to hurt the dog. Just use it as no. Luck. But she was correct. I agree. But later on, there she is. She came. So do yeah. you think she took her? That's her pet now. She took Precious. Or, or ate maybe, it. one of the two. Like. <laughs> or <ate it. laughs> <laughs> or is hanging out with Gordon and fucking Muffin somewhere in, you know, doggy uh, horror heaven. Yeah. Doggy <laughs> horror. <laughs> um, but here was my question. That moth. Number one, if he loved it so much, why did he fucking stuff it down somebody's throat? He had to kill it first. Hopefully they, they had some mercy. Number two, they specifically said that when somebody is in the water and they're weighted and everything else, that leaves and shit are going to get into their mouth. How would somebody be able to put something in somebody's throat and then drown them in the water and have them beat on there and it's not going to fucking drift out. I don't know that, if it would. I, I don't know. I don't know. That to me is more of a stretch. See, to me, like if you jam something down someone's throat, I think it stays there. Right, but I mean, it's only jammed so far down she could see it from being right here. I mean, if it's jammed way down here. Well, she could see it because she could see the streaks it left on the tongue. That the blackness or whatever. She sees and, the black streaks on the tongue and says there's something in her throat. Not. And they, they dismiss it. See, I don't think that's a big problem because, A, who who cares? It, it, it's just more of a cool plot point in the movie. I but agree. It's just fun. I just... But, B, like they were saying like uh, that, like, you just said that stuff could go down there. So they're just kind of dismissing it as nothing. And then they're like, no, no. And then they pull it out and then they reveal it. So I see where you're going with D. Yeah, but... water... And don't I forget, don't she's, she's not the one who's, she's not the one who's weighed down in the water. That's oh, not, that's not Federica Bimmel. It's still, you're, you're correct. It's still a regular drowning though. And if someone's drowned in the water and they pull them out, you would think that if they had anything in their mouth whatsoever, because they drown, which, really is fucking overdosing on water going down your throat that would loosen up anything that'd be in your throat. That's just yeah, what I but would. maybe she maybe he lodged it well enough in his in the throat that like no water's pushing it down or anything. It's just lodged there. So she's maybe she hasn't been in the water that long. It's oh. not a big deal. It's just a little pin that I'm poking into the fucking balloon <laughs> of this perfect movie. That's all. It's just one little thing. That and, and that's it. No, no, she, I'm done. She could just be found in a shallow marsh somewhere. Because don't forget, he's just dumping her body. She's already dead, so it's not even important that he throws her in water. And even if she's water, she might just be floating and be found 30 minutes later. Well, that's plus, the other I, honest, part. I honestly don't know. Like, if, if you were to kill somebody and shove, you know, something that size into their throat, lodge it into their throat here, w would it come out? Would water push it down from a, you know, a science standpoint? I don't know. I hear it. Just something I observed watching yeah. it this time that I, I never put together before. I'm like, hmm, could that happen? Anyway, it's not a big deal. But I, I do like what we were talking about before with, with uh, it being her story and how she gets rattled. She's so rattled by her interactions with Hannibal and the things that he's saying and bringing up about her past and everything else and what she has to prove and her father and everything that she you could see that she's fucking she's fucking up on her job and everything. She goes through that thing and bam, you, you're dead when they're doing the rehearsal and all that shit. Yeah. You see how it's affecting her mentally. It's yeah. just little things like that, like, like throughout the movie, just 
she's 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 so fucking good. The way this is written, it's just fucking amazing. And the intro to fucking Buffalo Bill's lair, the first time they see it with that fucking shot, that 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 sweeping shot that goes through the thing and the music playing and fucking go, dude, it's fucking it's poetic. It's done so well. God. There's just so many things. I love Everybody's it. got I love, an introduction. Love, Every yeah. character has got a great introduction, as I said earlier. I was just going to add, when you guys were talking about that, the other horrific part that we keep forgetting is seeing the dead-skinned bodies of these ladies on, yeah. on slabs and whatever like that. That's horrific. Oh. Oh. Horrific. So, like, I mean, again, just an element above, especially 91, over what you would get from a typical thriller film. But Absolutely. What were you about to say, Brandon? You said you love, and I cut you off. I love you. <laughs> what do I love? You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> oh, what do I love? What was I going to say? Oh, no, the uh, the the way the transitions to her story with her father when she's at the funeral home and she walks into the funeral and it kind of oh, transitions to her as a little girl. Yeah, the flashbacks and all that. And I'm glad they didn't show anything on the uh, on the uh, sheep farm. I agree. I'm glad because Better I don't I don't I don't think it would have. It's more nightmarish thinking about it than, and they couldn't recreate any screaming, screaming lambs or show her running through the woods and make it seem as desperate and horrifying as it was in the way she told it, and the way Hannibal's kind of like, "What next? What became of your lamb?" Awesome. They killed, <laughs> they killed it. Yeah, they killed. Did you notice that he drew her and a lamb? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great picture. It I want that a- as a. I want that as a poster. That's a good call. Yes. Yeah, that that's really cool. Damn. How about Lecter, how he fucks with, with uh Miggs just because he fucks with her? Yeah. Well that he, was, right the, the, that was the getting in the head. So that would probably be the big one in this in this film of him getting the head uh in the head in the head of Miggs and makes him swallow yeah. his own tongue. Fucking Miggs. Huh. He, he was he was crying all day. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that that he could I think that's great, and he he just did it because because of what he did to fucking Clarice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right off the bat, he like has a fondness for her, yeah. and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna fucking do this and this." And then later on, he says something when she goes to see him. He's like, "That's that that." He goes, "Frankly, that's something something that Migs would say." And he not says, anymore. Oh, <laughs> great sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not that's anymore. Awesome, that's great because she thinks she's like <laughs> like shutting Hannibal down, and he's like, "Fuck yep. you, bitch, I got you." <laughs> Do they write Hannibal as uh, like a homosexual in the books? Because you get the vibe. You, well, you, you, I, I, I don't even think it's a vibe. It feels like that's definitely what they've played it out with in the movies, How, except for Hannibal Rising. Because there's, think a, there's a girl. Think... See, there is a girl in Hannibal Rising, but I get the vibe that he's gay. I never thought that in all the movies. Yeah, well, yeah I don't know I if it's the way he's playing the character or what. I always thought that he digs Clarice. That's there's the a, there's whole a connection thing. to Clarice. But I feel like there's, I feel like there's an underlining homosexual aspect or, or, or character trait to him. I get that, and I got that more this watch than ever before. But I think I've always found that now. I don't know if it's him doing his lector and and that it's coming through in the way that he's portraying the character, or if it's if it's an actual decision made. But like, think about like the relationship he had with when we get to Hannibal. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about it more when we get to Hannibal. Maybe we will. Yeah. I don't know. He does like her. He's like, 
You'll be quite. It would be quite nice to know you in private life. He tells. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. There is one thing I wanted to say, which I find funny that nobody ever talks about, and it's all about the famous scene with the fucking girl and the precious and everything he says. The fucking gets gets the hose again and all that shit and all those lines that are fucking just. We always hear the dialogue, you know, the fucking dance, goodbye horses and everything, but nobody ever seems to point out. <laughs> and this cracks me up every time I watch it because it's so ridiculous. When he's threatening her, and by the way, I love it's right after the woman, the senator, is on the news and she keeps saying her name over and over again, Catherine, yeah. Catherine. And she and says somebody it. points out to the other one, yes, yeah. and then he calls it it right it. after him. I, yeah. Ah, he didn't yeah. take the bait. Or he didn't watch the news. He still sees it as it. As an it. So cool. Yeah. But anyway, he's saying that shit and he's like, you know, it rubs the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again, over and over again. But the funny part is, he's holding Precious, and he looks at Precious and he goes, yes, she will, Precious. She'll get the hose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. That's that's the best line to quote of the whole movie. I want to see a fucking meme of him saying that to, <laughs> saying that to the dog. She'll get the hose. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, nobody ever talks about it, but every time I see it, I fucking pop for it. I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. You're talking to the dog all happy about killing this fucking girl, you know? <laughs> How about that infrared scene, too? I mean, what a way to end it. We were already introduced to the infrared earlier, and then they just show it there. And at the time, it was something unique before it showed up in a ton of video games, and then it was like everybody had the green filter and whatever. I think this was something that was new to that time. And it's almost like, even though he knows he's about, he's been found. And whatever, he had the ability, he had the option to kill her right there. But it's almost like he wanted, he admired her or, or, or wanted her, like his mind wouldn't allow him to kill her quite yet. He wanted to play with her and that ends up being his undoing because yeah. by hesitating, she's able to swing around and then shoot him. Yeah, it's by hearing the, the, the cocking of the gun. Oh, It's great. The suspense, everything going on there is just... Damn, and what a just what a killer! Like this may be my favorite fucking antagonist who speaks uh, of every of, of all horror movies. He's that damn good. I fucking I love what's coming out of his mouth. I love his dialogue. I love the way he talks and how he fucks with people. By far, they did have they did have a line in it that they cut out. Thankfully, he's like bad year, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if they turn him into a fucking Bugs Bunny in the sequels? All of a sudden, he's fucking wisecracking. How's this oh. for a wet dream? <laughs> Clarice. He's at the throat Clarice at the end of everything. That's what I want to say. See, that's a good comparison to the fucking Nightmare fanboys. They still love like four and five and six. I mean, how the fuck? Look at that. Could you imagine if they did that with Hannibal, what you'd be saying? Because honestly... <laughs> Hannibal is very serious in Silence of the Lambs, but he still has a sense of humor. He still has that fucking dry wit and tongue-in-cheek comments and shit. So you can't say that he's too serious to ever be joking because he does a little bit in his own way, just like Freddy does in Nightmare 1. So could you imagine if by part fucking 3 and (laughs) 4 they had him fucking talking all all that shit? People would hate it. Yet they don't care that Freddy does it. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. Ah, Crawford, you little meatball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing no crawford in uh in hannibal yeah. that would have been a fun. nice touch actually well yeah. you want to get to it does, it does anybody have anything left to say about silence b maybe we should give b a fucking minute to spit out his uh, i mean it's it's so good when lecter sits up in the ambulance 
that's oh. just you know when he pulls out oh man it's just so great it's, all the all the dialogue about him you know e eating eating yes. the nurse eating the nurse's face and his heart rate never getting above 85 and and you can you can kind of see that like in the way he kills the uh the two officers He's very calm, very deliberate. He still listens. He, he finishes. Oh, oh. He finishes the song. He sits down and finishes the uh, the song he's listening to. The composition. Yeah, the way he's almost like he's when he's hitting with the Billy Club. It's yeah, he's like composing he's with the Billy Club. Yeah. That's what I thought but too. I've always loved face. that. Yeah, yeah. He, like orgasmic to him. It's like exactly. Been so long since I killed somebody. He's like, oh, oh, it feels so fucking great. Oh, you know what I mean? It's, and I buy that he can string someone up. You can see he looks like he's in really good shape in this movie. Yes. I know. I, 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 I buy it. Hannibal looks. He looks like yeah. a. He looks like a fucking little linebacker or something. <laughs> Ready when you are, Sergeant Pembry. You know. <laughs> Mind the drawings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. I like it? how they don't make those cops assholes too. It, no, I feel like nice. that movie no, was made nowadays. Now they were taunting about the second dinner. So well, a bitch ordered a second dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they no, go. But they, they were nice. They you, were nice. You, you know, th this could go two ways. You, we'll treat you the way you treat us. That that type yep. of thing. And they refer yeah. and mind the and, and, and another movie. They mind your own fucking drawings and they drop the food right on the drawings. No, he rolled them up, put them aside. Like I thought, I thought they did right. those characters well because like you actually do care that. about them. Son, and then that they get Bill Pembry talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. No, when he I, takes I, the seizure, when he oh my god, just brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Oh, it is brilliant. One thing, why did she when she went to the girl's house and she found the stuff behind her fucking jewelry box? Uh, oh, the the picks, yeah. He took all those pics out. Did you notice she didn't put them away? She set this fucking this, this poor girl's father. He goes in this fucking house. He's gonna walk in that room after she leaves and see these fucking Polaroids yeah. of his daughter fucking posing in fucking bra and panties. Thank and you. Things away. Yeah, I know. I noticed it too. <laughs> that and I I noticed one thing, and I'm usually not a nitpicker, but the one thing I said is as soon as they realize what happened and they cut back, he's like, block off a ten block radius. Ten block radius is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. You Indeed. think that you think that ambulance made it out of that ten block radius, or did they they didn't make the connection that he was in the ambulance? They just thought he was on foot. Yeah, why at that they... point they would think that they when they know that there's a switcheroo. Now I know Maybe that they, they weren't show, taking chances. There, there is a scene that was cut out that shows the ambulance going all wacky, and then he's driving <laughs> it after. And I'm not I'm not I'm not joking. Like if, and I, they wisely took it out, so I think oh, you just see the goodness. ambulance there. But there was another scene of it going through. Um, in some of the outtakes that you'll see if you if you watch the special features, the, the ten the ten block radius is when he's they think he's still in the building. Yeah, but this but by blocking off a ten block radius, just just be, just because it's Hannibal, why not? Well, I know I no, agree. But he's saying, how can I'm the saying, ambulance get out? That's what he's saying. Correct? Ten blocks is still a, a, a. You think that ambulance is already beyond that? Oh yeah, without a okay. doubt. Okay, I'm saying a ten block radius in city is pretty large, but Could be. that's fine. I know. I never thought about that, but yeah. It was, again, minor, I wasn't like, what, fuck this movie, 10 blocks. But I was just, one of the things that popped up in my thought process. It's not New York, it's Baltimore. <laughs> Quid pro quo. Awesome. <laughs> How about the West Virginia thing? They say that she's from West Virginia, he teases her. Mount and Mama? then the first place they fly off to when they, when they discover the third body or the first, whichever one it was, when they fly her off and she goes in the exam, they go to West Virginia. 
Did you notice that? That I, I thought there was going to be a connection that it's something that I, I forgot about. But that's remember when remember when he calls her when Crawford calls her and she's in the fucking class and this and then he goes, yeah. you know, Starling, come up here. And they go and then he gets the phone call. A body popped up in West Virginia. We think it's one of Bills or something. And it was after they talked to what and they fly her in. And it was like literally right after finding out that she's from West Virginia. That's why it's I, a cool scene where it kind of transitions to her father's funeral because it's the same state, same sort of town. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I can buy. Yeah, that, that's good. So I guess that's why they put that in there. Just yeah. it seemed like there was something going on there. I don't know. You know, rather slipper of you, Agent Stalling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they they do suddenly give you, maybe not so suddenly, but I, in retrospect. But I, I guess during at the time, Brandon brought this up at the beginning, and I think it's it's true. She's in a man's world, quote unquote. Uh, they 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 reference that. Man's world. <laughs> 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 well, they they reference that with that elevator scene. They reference that when she's in with all the the male cops, and they then excuse themselves because of the delicate nature of the investigation, and the, and they go talk about it in the other room, and she's left there with the other cops who are just looking at her. Uh, so they they've they've peppered this throughout the film, and I think it's great because it's just showing the challenges above and beyond just being a cadet. And going through the schooling that she's got to deal with being in this uh, uh, job and, and environment. So yeah. uh, th- another awesome thing that they do with her character. Yeah, man. Great so. stuff. I'm still thinking about that pen, though. Now, now, because you brought up a point, Dave, that, that you That's think... what I thought you were told. When you mentioned the pen, that's what I thought was your complaint all this time. I, I never realized. Who gives a fuck why the guy forgot his pen? There's all kinds of shit going No, I have, I have no issue. Uh, no, I, I justified why he forgot his pen because of his ego. And he's so I excited. I didn't think that, that was he's... a question is what I'm saying. I don't think anybody questioned why did Chilton forget his pen. I thought the, the bigger question is how did Hannibal get the pen when he was all incarcerated in that manner? That's what I thought would be the complaint. No, That's you're right. But I always looked at it like he's he's incapacitated in that state because Chilton's in the room with him and not because he's already set to be transferred. I think people might be, that's, that's what I think. I think people look at because that's how he shows up at the Senator like that, but that's how they would have to incapacitate him to even go into his cell. But why would they incapacitate him like that? Why wouldn't he just walk to fucking Hannibal cell and talk to him outside of it? Why go through all that fucking rigmarole? Because it's Chilton because that's what he wants to be. He wants to be in his (laughs) face. He wants to be in his face. To tell him, you know, hey, you you got tricked, but I'm not going right. to trick you. You're you're going to give me the answers now. You're right, and he ju- he does get his just desserts. We don't see Chilton get killed. <laughs> I'm thinking about Red Dragon and how he comes up again, but that's that's a prequel. But I'm thinking we get that scene at the end, having an old friend for dinner is Chilton. Great, and I great to have finishing got- line or last oh, line of a movie. It's, yeah, it's probably the most iconic like last line of a movie. And uh, if you watch that. They keep that shot on him. Like, they had a walk. No, they had walk. a walk. A oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Chilton, he eats Chilton. He's eating Chilton. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But, but yeah, he ate Chilton with Chitlins, as a matter of fact. Chilton and Chitlins. <laughs> so it's a big, it's a, it's a rare dish. The only problem is in Red Dragon, even though it's supposed to be like 10, 10 years before, like, well, now, actually, they flash forward, so it's only like the a way year he looks, so I know. He's a lot older looking, but... He also looked like he ate Chilton, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have but, no plans to call on you, Clarice. I expect you to extend me the same courtesy. Fucking amazing. You know I can't oh. do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> Can you amazing. smell my cut now? 10 out of 10. <laughs> yep, yeah. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, please. <laughs> what yeah. a fucking fantastic film. Yes. 
Hall of Fame it. All right. I'm not like a... Like a Hi, Freddy. Take it easy. You went full Freddy there. I'm not on a tight schedule. <laughs> you heard it, Dave, right? Yeah. As soon as you pointed it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Oh, that's fucking great. I'm going to do the whole review like this. <laughs> okay, you ready? Hannibal? Hannibal from 2001, directed by Ridley Scott. Living in exile, Dr. Hannibal Lecter tries to reconnect with now disgraced FBI agent Clarice Starling and finds himself a target for revenge from a powerful victim. First thing I'd like to say is Cordell! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good old Cordell. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you dump him in, Cordell? You could always say it was me. Yeah, <laughs> Gary Oldman in this is fucking phenomenal. Who knew? I didn't even know it was him in the makeup. I didn't I mean, either. Till you said it. You well, only get, oh, it, I knew it, it way it, back it, when, but like the first you, time watch, I'm like, "Where's Gary Oldman?" Yeah, you only see him for one second in flashback. He looks like fucking Kenny G in the flashback. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. But that's the flashback that alludes to kind of a homosexual undertone for however. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that, Christian. There is homoerotic undertones. Yeah, what but he was just saying? going there to kill him. Yeah, I mean, look, look, Verger was a, what, a, a, a child rapist? That's what I was unclear, unclear about. I didn't know if his father was known to be diddling these people or him because he said there's enough oh money God. to cover it up, but it was his father's business. No, it was it was, it was Mason because he talks about how— uh, So he's gay? How he's, he's a gay male that that, yeah. that 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 hooks up with fucking gay men at a regular age, and he also yeah. fucking see that's odd. Usually it's one or the other. Yeah, he talks Usually about he talks you're about how straight he's or gay. You're, yeah. you're not also a pedophile. You know he what I mean? About how he's re, he's kind of reborn, and that he, he talks about know, Jesus and God. Yeah, so. nobody nobody beats the Riz. The Riz. Yeah, nobody beats the Riz. Yeah, the Riz. <laughs> well, the Riz. <laughs> that was good. I gotta I pose a question to both of you. Would you like this movie more if Jodie Foster reprised her role? Because a character changes. Yes. Yes, but I, but I don't. But I think I like Julianne more in this. I watched. So do I. But I watched them back to back to back yesterday. And going from Silence right to fucking Hannibal. Oh, uh, I, I didn't. I thought right away. Matter of fact, these are my first notes: Barney, Ridley, Zimmer, and then. Well, it's true. Barney, you see, I'm like, oh, I didn't think Barney would be back. And really, I'm shocked that really Scott's the director. I, I did not remember that at all. And then that Hans Zimmer is, is 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 involved. So I'm like, okay, great. And then the first note of the actual what I see on the film, she sounds good. That's the first thing I said. I go, you know what? It's a great transition from fucking from Foster to Julian Moore. I thought she she must have studied that part. That's, it's not as, as good, good as, as could be. Yes. As good as I could be. I mean, yeah, it's yes, not it's the not same. That... She's not the same, but they're going to make the movie. Jodie Foster wanted nothing to do with it. She wanted to do Nim's Island, I guess. I don't know. I don't care. And then... Uh, now, or, or... now. 
or Nell or, or, you know, back up Mel Gibson and break his career back again in Hollywood. Whatever. Whatever Jodie Foster wants to do, I don't give a fuck. She didn't do this movie. So Julianne Moore did a good job. And I actually like what Ridley Scott did. It's his directing style. I don't agree yes. with all the choices with it. but And this movie works the best when it's in Italy. Holy shit. All the yeah. stuff when it's in Italy is great. Then it gets a little messy for about 20 minutes to half hour. Then I don't it's mind the ending bust. again. Agree. The ending seems rushed. I wish yeah. they would take a little more on it, but here's where I'm going to disagree. I, even though I liked a lot of the stuff in Italy, I, I'm more into the characters of fucking Hannibal and, and Clarice than I am, um, what's his name? Uh, Potts. Inspector Potsy. I'm fine with Potsy. I think there's too much time spent with Potsy where I think the last act, all of a sudden we have 15 That's minutes the, of great com- shit. I would rather disagree. have 30 I would have rather have thirty minutes of all that stuff at the end with Hannibal and Clarice and fucking. Um, I love the Potsy stuff. I, I, I thought Hannibal. I thought Anthony Hopkins and the actor who plays Potsy had much better chemistry than Anthony Hopkins and Julianne. I love Julianne Moore as an actress, and she's she's a fine actress even in this. But she's not Clarice, and it didn't work for me. And but and I'm there for the Clarice character. I'm there she, for fucking Hannibal and Clarice. I'm nah, not there for. But it's, 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 there's My wife says there. they changed the character a lot from the book. I again, I I don't know. I have to go by what she said. She she did say if there's one thing you could do, Christian, read the trilogy, which we had at one point. I was hoping to read it for this show. We couldn't find it anywhere. And there's no. By the time I ordered it in, there's no way I was getting through the three books. By the time we had to record the show, so it will be benched. But so supposedly her her, her character changed. No, we're talking ten years later. Didn't they hook she's, up? She's more seasoned. they the ending. They're in love. And at the end, yeah. he keeps her captive for a bit, and supposedly they're they're kind of like in love at that point, or she it loves would have been awesome, or she loves him. I um, like the, I like the ending. Was, I don't mind the Frankenstein ending, kind of like I, I, I liked I liked the last twenty minutes of this film, but just there's really just just no it just lacks that connection between the Clarice and the Hannibal character that the first one had, especially watching it back to back. And Julianne Moore, as yeah. great as an actress as she's always been. She's always been a fucking ugly ass crier, man. She is the ugliest. She gets her neck in it. She gets her neck. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Christian's pointing it out. It's just like she's giving birth to new veins in her neck. He's exactly right. Like her neck becomes one with her chin. It's it is crazy, but it's true. He knows exactly. He knew exactly what I was talking about. And of course, this is the one that abandons. But I love her too. What this one goes back to the books. And talks about Rasmel being killed by Hannibal because he was a bad flautist in the in the Baltimore Philharmonic. So it ignores what Silence of the Lambs did. It goes back to the book. It also adds a few scenes. It shows, of course, the nurse when he when he you know ate her tongue Attention, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Whatever. I, I I didn't think it was needed when they showed the video. No. I was just like, eh. I was like, this really didn't need to be shown. It's just too I, agree. Much. I think that was a love note. I think that was like a love note, just like going back to the tapes and hearing shit that was discussed. Damn me. It, yeah. it was discussed <laughs> in silence, but with Julianne Moore, I thought, okay, they're trying to connect it as best they can and, and continue it. But I do love that whole mouse cat and mouse stuff in Italy. I think that's where oh, the movie's the strongest. Yes, I don't know yes. if it's just that the with the just the setting alone, yes. uh, but all of that works for me. And I like yeah. the Potsy actor. I like what they try to do. I like how he comes on and wants to take it on himself. And she, and and Clarice, of course, and becomes wise to yeah. it and re- yeah. says, "Don't do this. Don't do this." And then ends up getting gutted. And, and, and everything oh. else. You know and, why? You know why it's great because Hannibal's obviously living as Doctor Fell there, but Hannibal's in his element. He's in his culture there. 
he's, yeah. you know, he's a curator at this, you know, Dante library. And it's like, it's really showing his intelligence. He's giving lectures in multiple languages. And it's just, it's such a great backdrop. And I like Potsy and Potsy's wife is fucking stunning. Allegra, oh, oh my God. And that's Allegra. it. You know, he's kind of like, they make a, they make allusions to this too. Like he's got this young wife that he wants to keep yeah. happy with with money, and he's not making this money. So oh, absolutely, they have it's a, all it's these a great yeah. tie in with that. And when he when the whole thing when he captures him, he's like, I'm giving serious thought to to eating your wife and the whole oh, and tying great. in with his family history and actually killing him in the way his uh, ancestor was killed right outside the same building, uh, strung up and uh, gutted and hung. Oh, th- oh. all that's great. All that's great. And, and Ridley Scott's on par. The acting's on par. The atmosphere is good. It's different than Silence, but it, it's it, that's what I said earlier. It has its own identity, which I'm totally cool with. Uh, the inter- the reintroduction of the the Clary's character is interesting because it kind of is that whole thing that that Jodie Foster is saying she didn't want with a baby involved yep. or whatever. But that was a training thing. This is a reality yeah. and, and whatever. But it's throwing her right into the midst of something, and uh, I think they do the best they can to reintroduce that character into where she is. Ray Liotta's character is interesting because he's still got that, that (laughs) misogynist fucking asshole. Ray Liotta is is He's a fantastic actor and him at the end of this film, especially when he laughs at the end, when he he calls her corn poem pussy again, when he's sitting at the table and his brain's exposed. (laughs) Like I, that's a funny scene. And that, that scene people, they're talking about, this is why this movie, I think gets elevated more so in the mainstream as a horror film because, because of the exposed scene. brain and it was too much for mainstream audiences at I the time. And, Dude, and I remember I remember the first time I saw it. Right. I mean, I was still, I was 20, 21 when this came out and it was still like, whoa. He takes a piece whoa. of his brain yeah. out, fries it in front of them and then serves it to him. <laughs> Amazing. But I was shocked too. So I, I did love, I'm not, not the same love that I had for Silence, but I've always loved or rated this movie quite high. I, I do agree, Brandon. There's a little messiness with some of the music choices at the beginning, but yeah. overall, the soundtrack is quite good. It's just there something was mismatched at the beginning that kind of throws you off a little yeah. bit. There's some classical music playing. I think it's with Cordell sequence, one of the scenes or whatever. I like his character too, with all the screens and what's happened to him and his whole backstory. I love that and it seemed like a good idea at the time. Carving his face up. Carving <laughs> right. his own face yeah. up. When it comes back to him, that gets him a laugh out loud. That gets an LOL every oh, time I, I watch I it. I a cookie. What do you think, Cordell? I think it'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> he, See, guy I can't like even it. have a fucking cookie. <laughs> that, he I think they could have trimmed 15 minutes out of this film and of it. it and I know, See, you guys are just going to disagree. No, I don't think take that out I think it drags when they're oh, in. Oh, I love I'm, it. I love it. The Clarice character... And everything going on with her, her progression from from then to now and how she's not disgraced, but going through whatever she is with the FBI. And I'm into the revenge story of fucking a verger and Hannibal. And I'm into Hannibal being on the lamb. But I but I just think they focus too much on that. That's all. I just think it moves a little slow in Italy. I I almost wish they had taken Verger and Clarice to Italy rather than back to the States. I, I Fine, almost maybe agree. Could have lived there. Yeah. Just because it feels so actiony, it, it feels like Hannibal's like an FBI agent in this one. He's wearing he's wearing the earpieces, and I mean he's still Hannibal in the sense that he's a mile ahead of everyone. But him getting caught by Verger's men seems seems out of character because he knows that like they're following. 
it's almost like as if he wanted to get caught, and I was just like, eh, I don't know. If it's very actiony at certain times. Oh, I love that scene of him trying to it's get like the fingerprint. The fingerprint part. Yeah, it is like a jalo actually, but that fingerprint, him getting that other that that thug oh, guy that ends up getting the stabbed. The pickpocket. Yeah, and, and he, he didn't get fi- he didn't get oh. me. He tried to hit me in the balls. Yeah, but he didn't get me. Yeah, and, and then he, he's oh, like, yeah, "Let me help you there," and then he just lets him bleed out. And I thought, oh. man, he is an asshole character. Just when you think he's he's shady, but that's an asshole move. Yeah. Like he just lets that Wait guy bleed out. He laughed that he was trying to help him, and the guy told him. Oh, God, him, no. Let the guy was like, die. he pulled his hand away so the blood would actually shoot out even more so. The, the, guy, was... is, the guy is saying no, but then Potsy pulls his hand away, lets him bleed out, and then washes his hands in the fountain. I thought he did it as a favor to fucking let the guy die because the guy asked to, to let me die. I thought, he, I thought he was trying to save him, and he says, no, just let it be. And then he fucking pulled the hand away and let the guy give him a fucking death. Oh, that, that I, that, I didn't read it like that. I thought he was like, no, oh. no, you're not going to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> you may be here. right. It just that's not the way I interpreted you it. You may be right. <laughs> Maybe crazy. The How about Rock of Ages, by the way. You guys know that song Rock of Ages, Def Leopard? Yeah. yeah. Love Rock okay. of Ages. In, in Silence of the Lambs, like I said, I had the subtitles on. When she was at the fucking the funeral and she flashed back to her father and the whole time they're there because they're at the funeral home, it says that Rock of Ages was the music playing in the fucking funeral parlor. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> Really? It's it says Rock of so, so there might be some other song called Rock of Ages, but I just thought it yeah, was I don't think they're playing Def Leppard at Dad's funeral. <laughs> maybe he, well, not Dad's funeral, but the other funeral she was at, the girl. Maybe she was. Oh, a, okay. And I was thinking anyway, didn't mean to side. Maybe one of her arms was eaten off, and they're just trying to play tribute to Def Leppard <laughs> or something like that. I, I don't know, but this Plus, movie gets some mis- sugar on it. It'll grow back. <laughs> this movie gets messy for me when it comes back to the states. After yeah, right? Italy, there's about a 20 minute segment where they're running around. And I think that's when Brandon's saying it turns action. It's like espionage yeah, run- and the chase sequence, and they're going through the, the museum. And, and I'm like, to get Hannibal. And then they well, the I thugs from Cordell. I, I, I love when he touches her hair. I, lo- I love when he touches her hair on the carousel. That's oh, very oh. reminiscent of the scene in Silence the when hand, they touch yeah. the hands. But other than that, it's very espionage. He's wearing the earpiece. There's yes. bands, there's, there's guns. It's but just it's like- suspenseful. It is no, suspenseful. I, it just feels out of. It just doesn't feel. It feels messy. It's something that was messy with it. Something didn't work for me there, but then it gets right back on track again, because yeah, again with the the FBI the trying to get him, but also Cordell's or not Cordell, but um, Verger. Verger. His his dudes trying to get them to feed him to the fucking pigs. Oh, oh that's great. great shit. That stuff's all great. So it it gets right back on track, and then that whole sequence, like you're right. Push him in and blame it on me. Like, awesome. what a great, great Love ending. It. And that Love seems it. pretty uh, vicious, too, for people that, for the mainstream, seeing, like, faces getting ripped off uh, by, by man-eating man right. pigs. Well, you, you hear the screaming of the other men being killed, and Verger, they kind of linger on it for a while because he's not being killed right away. He's just laying there, and then oh. you see the pig come up and sniff him, and, and you just see those giant tusks, and you're like, fuck, is this Justin Long? And that's why I and that's why I eat bacon. Fuck them. Everybody those says pigs are Canadian cute. Pigs. Not those pigs. <laughs> I love pigs, and pigs are the most popular animal. I love pigs too, world. but I'm eating them. I love eating them too, but they're the most popular animal in the world after cats and dogs. That's that's just a fact. And every smart other horror too, movie smart. has a pig yeah. in it. That's also a fact. Pigs so, are fucking. Saw so, so had a pig furnace. Yeah, pigs. It's always pigs. I we could sit here and have a fucking show 
just about every horror movie that had a pig in it, and it would be about a, a thousand, I bet. Motel Hell. Dude, over and over Pigs. and Pigs. I don't miss a pig. Believe me, there's a pig to be noticed. I see it. Pigs. I love pigs. <laughs> Everywhere. We can go on and on. We don't have the time. We can have a show. Monday, we'll just talk about every movie with a pig in it. It will, it'll it'll be fucking a four-hour show. I'm telling you. On and on. But this is, I guess this is where we, we're differing. You're baking me Italy crazy. Stuff. I'm there for the I'm there for the main event. When I buy a ticket to see Hannibal, uh, the main event to me is fucking seeing Hannibal and seeing Clarice. And the fact that they throw in a whacked out fucking character like Mason being the way he is and the way he looks and everything, that all fits into Silence of the Lambs with me. The investigation Jallo type stuff just for me doesn't fit into the fucking Silence of the Lambs fucking world to me. It doesn't it's fit into okay. Silence of the Lambs, but it fits into the Hannibal Lecter world. I get yeah. that. I, Which I, is I'm his movie. This one is him more. It's like if Silence was Clarice, this is Hannibal's uh, tale. And again, it's not that I don't like the stuff there. I say that the Italy stuff is so strong that once I get, and I love all this shit with, with Gary Oldman and whatever, that once it gets back, there's there's just a little bit like, like I said, 15, 20 minutes that something's weird. And then it gets back on track for the main event, as you keep saying at the end. I, I'm second what Christian's saying. I'm not saying it's bad in the States. It's just that I feel like also the Italy part is the strongest of it. But yeah. but the, again, that's just for me not being able, like, I have nothing against Julianne Moore. It's just, it's just, it's a big drop off, especially watching them back to back. It's a big drop off in, well, in terms yeah. of, in terms of the, in go- terms but the chemistry, the Julianne Moore, Anthony Hopkins chemistry is just really, it doesn't work for me. And plus, you know, you, you're setting it 10 years later and, uh, you know, this fall from grace, Clarice, I just, I, I just wasn't into it as much. I, I don't love the fall from grace, Clarice, especially seeing Clarice being such a promising rising star in silence. And then here she's like being blamed for other people's stupidity. Like the that's fucking- what's great about it, though. See, that's yeah. why I like that character. I like that that happened to her because you would not have imagined that happening to her in the first one. So that's why she's going through some type of remember. They're trying to. She has to. Go, she has to have some type of turmoil. Besides, I'm 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 hunting Hannibal. Otherwise, it's fucking boring. We yeah. had this internal struggle. Like the first movie, she has an internal struggle based upon her life and everything being reawoken and the silencing of the lambs and her father and everything else. In this movie, she's supposed to be our main character. Well, I guess Hannibal is too. I guess you could say that they're you know they're they're they're, they're top built together. But I mean. She has to have something going on besides, oh, I'm on the lookout for Hannibal. Let's play fucking Carmen San Diego. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. but I, I don't know. It feels too forced. I don't know. It feels like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, just, I understand. I wasn't on board. I just wasn't they on board. They had to come up with something. They had to come I, up I get with it. something. Yeah. For Ten character. years later, it can't be, you know, she's still a flawless FBI agent. I get that, but it just feels like it's such a fall from grace. There's no Jack Crawford. They have this guy Jeffrey who's like kind of talking right. to him, like like a useless character. I'm like, come on, get on with this. You can't they, do Silence of the Lambs again. They try with the next movie, which we'll get to the moment we get to it. But I'm saying you can't do that type of movie again. I don't think people would want to. I don't know. I I I understand why they did what they did, and it's based on the book, and I get that. And let's let's make Hannibal a fucking uh, an antihero and say that he he only eats the rude and this and that, and try to give him fucking. <laughs> Get, let's let's get a little sympathy on them. I get where they're going. They're trying to make this his movie. I mean, free ra- the free range, rude. 
Awesome. <laughs> How long does it take those cops? Like that was another thing. It's small quibble again, but they cut back to those cop cars zooming over to the house like four or five times, and I'm just like, just get there for Christ's sake! Yeah. I, I, no. I feel like it was no, no no issue with that. No issue with that because Hannibal's timing it so he knows police response. Yeah, it's like Fifteen minutes. Yeah, he knows exactly. He, I mean, he leaves the phone there for Clarice to call. He know like that. I kind of like because he knows her behavior. He knows how much time he has. He knows the escape. I was a little confused when she sees that boat. Is that like a second boat that Hannibal left for her to follow him if she wanted to, or is that? Just, I I didn't get what that what why she was staring that so intently. I think she thought he was yeah. in there. That's what I, I think thought. yeah, like and then it was just a decoy, because yeah. So I was just a little confused by that because he, he, I didn't think he was in there. I thought like maybe he took one already and got away. Clearly he did. But I was wondering if she was looking at like, oh, there's a second one. Did he leave that for me to follow him and be with him? Or or am I just reading too much into it and like she just realizes, oh, that's how he got away. He used one of these boats. That's what I think. But maybe I might be overanalyzing because it is right <laughs> after it is right after the time where he kisses her. And then you think he's going to cut her hand off. And it's such a great scene when he's like, yeah. above the wrist, below the wrist. This is, oh. it, this is really going to hurt. That's a great scene. I love it. Saw again. It's, yeah. <laughs> Once you again. cut off flush. the wrong head. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least he did Dr. Phil himself. <laughs> but that's it. We don't see him after that, right? You see him on the plane. Oh, yeah. Feeding the, the kid. To the kid. Yeah. The kid. Yes. Sorry. At the end. Just sorry. With his arm in a. Yeah. It's like, sorry. Top. Yeah, wearing, yeah, cool. wearing a tracksuit. Very not Hannibal. I know well, he's, he's on the lamb. I know he's on the lamb. Don't don't ever no. make a lamb joke again. Uh, <laughs> so the sounds of it. The, uh, he, Hannibal on the lamb. He, he I agree, Brandon. He that's not Hannibal though. He would be dressed to the nines still. But, whether on the lamb or not. But <laughs> try it already. But true, he's probably on a plane like a few hours later. He should be bleeding profusely from that hand. Plain clothes. Everybody on plain clothes. <laughs> Plain clothes on the lamb. <laughs> oh, what do, do what do you wear on a plane? Dress clothes or fucking sweats? It's Hannibal. He should have been Hannibal. just to the nines. He should well, have I'll had on you. a three-piece suit. Here's my yeah. Here's and my a, question. And a rubber hand. How, why did she? <laughs> why did she call the? How was she able to call the police? I don't know. They made an issue. They they intentionally show that fucking the 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 phone line is fucking yanked out. In other words, don't call. Right? How come there's a second phone and they didn't pull the fucking thing out there? I think he left does Hannibal her. want? He's why would her. Hannibal want her to call the cops? He's te- he's just testing her. Testing her for what? Why would he want to be on fucking a, a time schedule? If he's doing what he's doing, why not fucking pull all the phones out the out the wall? I don't get that part. Why give her an out? He was smart enough to pull one phone out, but the other one he's monitoring. I don't get that. Well, there was yeah, this I, was this in the movie? Uh, in yeah. the book, yeah. this whole sequence. Oh, in the book. It, like I mean, I know because I, I said again, I know they they both go down to South South America, I believe it is. South and, America. And she and he keeps her drugged for a bit, and then she's in love with him, and that's how the book ends. And this one, he he just I wish flies away by himself. But and that's what it is. It's sort of like a test for her. That this second phone line, like, oh, here's your opportunity to either, you know, call it in to come get me. Or you're you're in love with me and you're gonna not call. So he wants because he's monitoring that phone in particular. He wants to see what's gonna happen. Yeah, he he wants to give her a choice. And even though she makes the choice and she'll always hunt him, and, and you know she says not in a thousand years. Yeah, he you tries. Know, yeah, he, he tries. He still loves her and he still won't hurt her. 
that that I like because that ties back into like Silence of the Lambs, the way Clarice says at the end, like he won't come after me. He considered that rude, and that kind of like is almost the way it is at the end here. Like he won't hurt her because he because he loves her, and he would consider that rude. So he takes his own hand. So I like that. I feel like that tie in's good. Yeah. No, I dig that. They should have they should have had one last scene after the plane scene of her in the police car, and then she just pulls his hand out and starts stroking it like at the end of uh, <laughs> Psycho Three. Psycho Three. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. And it winked at the camera. Hand. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be another saw thing. We can go from Gordon Lightfoot to fucking, you know, Hannibal Light Hand or some shit. You know, there it is. <laughs> Handless Hannibal, some shit. A bull. He'll just be called a bull then, because he has no hand. A bull? Oh, yeah, you're right. A bull. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Wow, that's a bad joke. That's okay. I like that he's so smart. Mine wasn't great either. I like that he's so fucking smart that he knows everybody's onto him when they're onto him. Without, we, we, we don't need an explanation. He knows Potsy's onto him. He gives them the fucking look when they're at the opera together. You know, they had that exchange at the opera, and, and it's like he knows, and he knows when he's going to come after him, and he knows the other guys are going to come after him, Carlo and the fucking gang, and how about what he says to the guy about uh, fucking, you smell, what? He goes, I, I, you smell I almost as bad as your brother does now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Dude, that's a wicked slit throat in the uh, museum, the brother. That's a deep slit throat. Good shit. Yeah, how about when he goes shopping for, like, his uh, cooking supplies? Not only does he go to the culinary store and buy, like, these fancy pots and pans, but then he's in the hospital getting a bone saw. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he walks walk right in. I like that. He just helps himself. Yeah. And, again, this is what I always tell people. If you just go matter-faculty as if you're supposed to be there, Absolutely. no one questions anything. I agree. <laughs> he shuts that guy right in the freezer. He shuts the guy right in the freezer. Yeah. My dad's like, "What's he doing at the hospital?" I'm like, "He's getting cooking supplies. You can't cut open a skull with a with a butter knife. You need a bone saw." Dad. Dad. <laughs> shut it. <laughs> Make me a sandwich and shut it. Yeah. Make sure you wake me up on time, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting confused with those guys. I thought that that was the pig wranglers. Like when 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 Carlo and them came in, because did they also just happen to be Italian? I was confused because I guess maybe that's that was my problem with Italy. When all of a sudden Mason Mason Verger had his people that were going to fucking go and secure Hannibal and bring him back. Correct? They yeah, were gonna... they were they were in Italy. Okay, so all Potsy had to do was sign off this and that. This is where his location is. My people are gonna go get him. Then you had the pig people coming in. Now I was confused. As to who was following Hannibal when the guy cut his throat. I didn't know if that was the pig wranglers or that was Mason's people. Same people. The that same. was the pig people? So where same. the fuck are Mason's people? What do you mean? They are the same people. The pig people are Mason's people. Wait a minute. They, they, they are the kidnappers and they raise the pigs? Yeah. Okay. Doesn't seem right to me, but okay. <laughs> I thought it would have been, it should have been two different fucking. But there's cats. a group back in America still too. But it's but it's it's the, the and Italian guys. It's Italian? the Italian guys. It's Carlo. So his his yeah. pig farmers just happen to be Italian. And in Italy, when all this is going down, they're raising the oh. yeah. They're I think they raised the pigs in Italy. So it's just it was just a, a coincidence that all this happened to be in Italy. Okay. Because I, then I, when I, they come to the states, they bring they bring the pigs with them. How do they bring the well, whatever? I don't know. I don't know. I, However, you would transport a giant pig because uh, the pigs. Buy, the the pigs, money's not an okay. issue with this guy. Yeah. True. He's fucking filthy rich. That, that, that's correct. That house. That's... Holy shit. Oh, ma. Yeah. And in the TV show, the Mason storyline is great. And of course, they have uh, the sister character, oh, Catherine, even... Catherine yeah, Isabel. And yes. uh, 
and Michael Pitt, which is I wish we could do the TV show, but we just can't. But, oh, the TV I, I, the TV I, show is absolutely fantastic. I really hope is. that they eventually bring it back and and get to do Silence of the Lambs. I I know. Fuck that shit. I don't want it back. Everybody. People that want it back are any of the people that would have fucking wanted Halloween Resurrection. They had a perfect ending to fucking season three. It was a perfect ending to fucking both characters. Awesome. Let it fucking be. People that want it back, people think with their fucking hearts instead of their minds. And I, th- I think that's a deterrent. I, I don't want a, a cheap fucking thing. Oh, he didn't really fall out of the cock duty car. Get the fuck out of here. You I, don't, I don't think they're dead. I don't think they're dead. How can they not? Oh, okay. <laughs> So you're right, though, because I always, I always say this to my wife. If you don't see the body, they're not dead. Yeah. So I will give you that. But I just think in any way they could they could switch that is going to be cheap, in my opinion. And but, plus, they could do it in flashback because this is sort of like like the Hannibal ending where you can go back and tell tell different stories in between. So. Yeah, I do love Hannibal just the way it is. I thought it was a perfect three seasons. I love the way it ended because you know I like a certain kind of ending, and that is the way a movie should end. I dig it. Kind of like the next movie. But that, to- got, but that got canceled, don't forget. that. That I mean, they wanted to do a fourth season, and they wanted to do Silence of the Lambs, but at the time, they didn't have the rights to it. I know. I- they had Clarice in the Sports Beat on their show called Clarice on some other station. Yeah, so, uh, but, you know, whatever. Whether okay. they do or not, don't matter. Right. But it's on Netflix, so everybody watch it. I don't know if it's on Canadian Netflix or not, but if not, it too is, fucking bad. Okay. Filmed, it was filmed in Hamilton, right next door. Oh, well, there you go. That's, I'm still bitter about the last dance, but we have it now, so it's okay. I'm not mad. I like the hand cream. I love the way that, that Hannibal sort of just, uh, you know, basically calls out to Clarice, like, uh, like I, it's time to it's time to play again. You know, leading yeah. it to, with, the, with the hand cream and, and the shops. and I mean, it's just really... But imagine if you live your life like that. Like you see the scene where he's when he's being spied on, but he doesn't know it yet, and he yeah. is holding his glass with his napkin, and he's wiping everything down after he leaves. Yeah, it's like he's trying. He knows he can't leave a a trail of anything. I'm assuming we're under the assumption at this point he doesn't know he's being watched. I yeah. could be wrong though. Well, Verger, Verger, Verger gets the X-ray in the mail. Then you know, uh, obviously Clarice gets the letter with the uh, the letter that she gets with the with the hand cream. So it's I, I like that it's very playful in the sense that Hannibal's like it's almost bored a little bit. Yeah, I can and see that. Yeah, yeah, he's free, but he's bored. Right? Yeah, better than being incarcerated, but there's no thrill. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Perfect. But I dig it. I, ultimately, you have to suspend your disbelief more in this movie than. Any any other one? Yeah, there was one thing <laughs> I was confused I mean? about at the end. She she said she's saying something about having something to trade with Lecter. Was I was I hearing that right? What is she talking about? She's oh, offering to trade something. I don't know. Maybe Clarice was. Yeah, when she was all drugged up or something. I think. I don't remember that part. Damn it! I, I, I remember I, him telling I her. I, don't either, I much prefer you the way you are. I remember. Oh, it's a, to Verger. Yeah. Uh, oh, he said that to Verger. That's right. That's why I wrote it down. Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah, yeah I bet. You I bet feel- you wish. I bet you wish I was dead now or something. He's like, no, man. Yes. I much prefer you the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> that what a line. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> and I got you. Prepare the pigs. The first, the first time they show Verger talking, I thought it was a little hokey. Like his face looked rubbery and this and that. It was a little too horror movie hokey. But by the end of the movie, it didn't bother me anymore. Just when I first. Saw him. I go. This. T- Remember that one movie we saw, um, Red Christmas, and they had the reveal of the guy's face. Cletus. And I said it was, 
God. Yeah, Cle- the, 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 Cletus. They, they took it too far that someone deformed literally looked that way, looked like an alien. That's kind of the way I thought of Verger when he when he's first on the screen. <laughs> Look at Christian, he's happy over Cletus. But I came Fuck. around on it. Fuck Cletus. By the end, it was normal. <laughs> I like Cletus, just not that reveal. And I, but man, yeah, I, I, I can see that, Dave. Again, I, I remember loving it right from the get go because I'm like, holy shit, they're not holding back. Like they're not. Right. This one is a lot more visceral comparative, comparatively to science in a different way. Science is more, I guess, um, coming from a scientific standpoint almost. And this one was just laying it right. out for you. That's for, my girl. That's my girl. But that's why it's horror. Seriously, I. I can't believe I forgot this. Does Ray Liotta, do they show him die at the end? He or pulls he him have... into the kitchen and you, you assume he kills yeah, him. Know. Because wouldn't that be great if he comes back? And he's just like, <laughs> he's got that, that salad bowl in his head like in uh, Silent Night, oh. Deadly Night 3. <laughs> uh. The sequels oh. that we could do for this movie. You're right. boy. I got, so- I got a job for you, Starling. Yeah. Can you file? He's yeah. still being a misogynistic prick, <laughs> yeah. even yeah. as he's dying. Can you dictate? Can you yeah. dictation? He said. Yeah. And the way he laughs, like that. Yeah. that he is great. He, he is. is he's fantastic. Movie. He's such uh, a great actor. He's such a prick in this, though. Yeah. And she, she's on to him. Like she, like he gets mad at her when she's like, "Not only do I think I'm being set up, but I think Krendler here is in on it. I think he's feeding information to Berger, which it's literally exactly what happened to the scene yep. before. And he yes. gets, he's like, "What are you talking about? You're lucky. You're not, uh, you know, you're not under oath, or you're not, you know, you're not giving an official statement or something." I, she's... <laughs> and then, then, then he defends her on camera. Let me just say that I have a great relationship. I've known her, and yeah. this and that. And I don't believe that these accusations are, are, are correct. You know what I mean? He's like on her he's, side publicly. He's Chilton in this uh, in this one. Yes, he is the Chilton. There is one question I, I have, and and that's it. That relation. How come she says in the gym anytime, no pads? When he's hitting on her, he says he wants to hook up with her. And you remember I told you to go home to your wife, and this because they're they're because they used to mad because I turned you down. I said you go home to your wife. What when, when fucking yeah? When Ray Liotta's character he wants to fight her. Fight him. Yeah, he wants to fight him. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant yeah. him. Okay. No. She wants to fight him. He goes, you okay. want to go? You want to go? And he's like, yeah. yeah. In the like, don't oh, forget oh, oh, in Silence yeah. of the Lambs, they show the scene where they're doing the boxing training. I get it now. Yeah. I, I I I pictured fucking having sex. I just wanted to add, if you're really, really Liotta fans and you want to see him go all Nick Cagey, uh, rent Turbulence or watch Turbulence if you've ever seen. That. I will. It's uh, it, it's a uh, uh, a plane. I can't, he, he's like a maniac on a plane and it has uh, Lauren Holly. Remember her from Adventures of Ford Fairline and other movies as uh, the main girl in it. Crazy movie. I'll check it out. Turbulence. Nice. I think I've seen Turbulence. I just don't remember it, but cool. I myself have not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well, I'm kind of interested in thinking, seeing where you guys come in on this one because it doesn't sound like anybody's been really negative on it. It's it's not silence. It's 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 its own movie. It's its own identity. If you're comparing character to character, I could see you being a little disappointed. I mean, I think Anthony Hopkins does a great job reprising and continuing the role. I mean, and Julianne Moore is Julianne Moore. Like you, you can't. She's. I was I was gonna drop it a half a point from what my rating was last year when I watched it because I rated it on Letterbox. But you know what we talked about, and you know what, there's enough good in it where you know what I'm not even gonna drop it. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Wow. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna go seven and a half, but eight out of ten. I mean, I still really like it. It's just 
I mean, it would have been epic had uh, had the connection between Clarice and Hannibal been a little bit stronger. But it does build, and I do think in the final 20 minutes, it's at its strongest from the moment he breaks into her house and sort of, uh, you know, f- from that point on. The carousel scene is good, even though I don't love the run around the train station, the, the carousel scene, and then, of course, dinner and, and you know, the showdown at the fridge. I'm, wow. I'm 8.5, man. I'm 8.5. I, I, wow. Well, because I love... The stuff that I love about this movie, I love, uh, and it just, I just feel like it's it's a little long for its own good. But again, that, it, is that. that an argument? I mean, I feel like it's a cop out argument. We've been using it. No, that it is. For, it is. It runs. It runs about fifteen minutes too long. I agree. I kept checking. I'm like, it is. It is a little long. It runs a little long in the fake tooth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Well, I'm. I am seven and a half. Yeah. So that's. I almost. Came we we know you are, Dave. But what do you give the movie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a junior. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Good shit. So Hannibal, right on. One more to go. The controversial and often shit on Red Dragon. Is this Unjust- movie shit on? Oh, uh, dude, uh, people don't like it. You know really? why? Because they're, they're the man, the main hunter, the main hunter fans. Love it, and they're the ones that actually love the uh, portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in that film more than Anthony Hopkins. That guy <laughs> underplays the role in Manhunter. Brian, he, Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah. I love Manhunter. Like I said, it was my number one eighty six. T- and guess what? I fucking love Red Dragon, so, so I'm going to introduce the, it right now. Last time and I, I watched Red Dragon, oh sorry, introduce it and then we'll talk. Uh, sorry, Red Dragon, two thousand two, directed by Brett Ratner. A retired FBI agent with psychological gifts is assigned to help track down the Tooth Fairy, a mysterious serial killer. Aiding him is imprisoned forensic psychiatrist Dr. Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter. So Let me tell time. you something. Sorry, you, you go first, D. Sorry. <laughs> I've been waiting for the opportunity to say this. Manhunter is like fucking Black Christmas to horror fans. It's in the same thing. The reason people blow fucking Manhunter horror fans is the same reason they fucking blow and elevate Black Christmas because it's one of those fucking unseen gems that only horror fans know about. So let's make it fucking better than it is. And let's tell everybody, oh, you like you like fucking Silence of the Lambs and Red Dragon? You have to see Manhunter. Same thing. Oh, you like Halloween and Friday the 13th? <laughs> you gotta see Black Christmas. I had so, no idea. Let me tell you what. No idea. Dude, there's a whole fuck in this. I was gonna go on on this thing about it, the way people blow it because they want to come off as the fucking um, the in the know horror fan, and we have something that you guys don't know about. But it's the same thing I said about Black Christmas, why it's held in such high esteem. It's the same thing here. People make it out to be a little better than it is. And last night, coincidentally, I saw this on Facebook. Somebody posted this. Can you read that? <laughs> yeah, I could read hey, it. Hey, now, now hold Man, on. It says for the people on audio, it says it was a picture of, of the dude, Cox, I guess right. his name is, I don't even know his name, uh, that played a Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter and says, unpopular opinion, Dave's favorite thing, Manhunter is better than Silence of the Lambs. Now, let me continue on. Look at what people say below her. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Agreed, agreed, yeah. agreed. Let me come over here. Now, read, read, read these things. See? Agreed. I agree with everything. I agree. I personally prefer Manhunter. Always have preferred Manhunter. Yeah. You see, what? everybody up the fucking Manhunter's ass. You know should, why? I ha- should I hate Manhunter now? Because no. Of- no. 
I no, like Manhunter, <laughs> but I'm not going to say it's, it's obviously nowhere near a fucking Silence of the Lambs, and it may or may not be significantly better than Red Dragon. That's what people talk about it's this movie. It's the same because, fucking movie as Red Dragon. I, it's well, literally but, the same. Except for the ending. There's a lot of well. things different. Do they they don't they wedge Anthony Hopkins into Manhunt uh, Red Dragon way more than they have the Hannibal Lecter character in Manhunter. Yeah, that's true. And that's I, true. I because that's the draw. But Manhunter, I've rated, uh, I think an eight eight and a half in the past. I love it too, man. It's it's a great movie. It was but, my number one. I think I gave it a nine or a nine and a half. I love it, but uh, that's because I love William Peterson as Graham. I love Brian Cox as Lecter. Look, I love Mads Mikkelsen as Lecter. I think this is. The only franchise of films and TV shows that has had three different actors playing the same character, and I think they've all done a terrific job. Brian Cox, I mean, he's, it's very, he's it's a, a very actor. small part, but he's a terrific actor, and he does a great job. I agree, but do you see what I'm getting at? It's the same. It's just like the Black Christmas thing. It's when these people that are all horror fans and all all in this club of ours all elevate something because it's ours, and oh, we have something that you guys in the fucking mainstream don't know anything about. You want to blow these slashers? Check out this one. It was the first, and it's the best. Black Christmas, 10 out of 10, yeah. when it's really not. Same thing with fucking Manhunter. Oh, you like Silence of the Lambs and this and that? Guess what? You're really missing out on this fucking... You know, I'm all fucking highfalutin. I'm I, a fucking horror I, hipster. Look I'm at this. Well, I and mean, the I, movie came I, out and it bombed. The movie came out and bombed, and that's the reason why, because it was rediscovered on video. And then found a cult following. And Dude, I, did, I didn't know about Manhunter until I was much older, until after I'd seen The Silence and all that. I was like, oh, they did a, they did a version of Red Dragon in the 80s oh, called Manhunter? I, I was I like, oh, it, cool, I'll I check it out. Before... I loved it, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't pretend to be like, you got it. Fuck, well, what people, do I give a as shit? You can see, people do that yeah. now. And that's Lands sure. is my favorite mo- favorite horror movie of all time. When people ask, that's always my that's my number one pick. And it's, you know, probably the most popular horror movie, if you consider it a horror movie of all time. So, you know, right up there with Jaws and Exorcist and Exorcist, yeah, and Shining seem to be the ones that pop up, those four. But I mean but the, not many people say Silence of the Lands because I mean here's a movie that won five Oscars, won the big Oscars, won Best Picture. You know, that's not, that's, not, that's not a horror movie. Fuck the Oscars. Fuck you. <laughs> I know what Dave's saying, and that's horror Thank fans. You. That 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 right. see, that's the same thing about the 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 fan that hates every fucking movie that comes out, and the fan that can't hate any fucking movie that comes out that I talked about Jason, earlier. It's Jason's always right. the same. There's, <laughs> and, and again, maybe we're the assholes that have to put. But it just is like like what you like and fucking don't like what you don't like. It's as simple as that. Like right on. That is it. There's just and you know what it is now. Now they've got a movie to compare to. Well, well, Red Dragon came out with Anthony Hopkins and and whatever, but there's a much better version that was already made back in the eighties. Fine. Right. So you prefer it? Who gives a fuck? I at first I did. I I think I had them on par. Then I rewatched Red Dragon and I was like, you know what? I didn't like it the last time I watched it. And then I watched it again for this show and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking the last time I watched it? This is great. It's fantastic. I think both Manhunter okay. and Red Dragon do a great job of casting Dollarhide. You got Tom Noonan in Manhunter Ooh. and uh, Ralph or Ray Fiennes, however you want to pronounce it, yeah. in this. And Ray Fiennes is fantastic in this. To this and cast, the cast is phenomenal. Philip Seymour Hoffman is Freddie Lounge. Oh. You got you got a great connection Norton. with with Norton as as oh. Will Graham and Lecter. This is this is the Clar- this is the Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. Anthony Hopkins connection with uh with Norton and and Hopkins and the movie doesn't just shift gears 
Harvey Keitel yeah. Crawford is yeah. terrific. Harvey, yeah. yeah, dude, yeah. that fucking Mary Louise Parker, who I fucking adore. My dad's in love with her. <laughs> I, I'm in love with her too. Yeah, and, and again, a criticism of Manhunter is the switching of gears to the killer halfway through the movie where the movie kind of changes its identity, if you will. I agree. It doesn't that necessarily like do that. Sorry? So I was just going to say, I don't think Red Red Dragon does it to that degree. I think I it, do. You do? I see. I don't. You know I, why? It, it shifts because that's how the story works, but I still think it works better here. Let me explain the difference between this and silence. Like, this is what they do in this part three, what they do in all the part threes. They try to bring it back to the original. And they do uh, do a good job in some of the exchanges when, when Hannibal's in there and they go and they see him and they do It's typical part three stuff, which is good. And I like that. It's the third entry of the series and they do what they do. But this is what they did wrong in the third act. You don't see Hannibal. At fucking, I don't know, okay, I don't want to say at all, but I remember watching the movie for about 25 minutes when we were in the Dollar Hide story, and I'm like, what the fuck happened to Hannibal Lecter? He is gone. When we watch Silence of the Lambs, Dragon? it's much like, it's, yes. Because he like was never talk- meant to be. They wedged him into the movie more than he's, I think, actually in the book. For sure. I get that, but I'm there yeah. to see Lecter. What I'm saying is this. Okay. When you watch Silence of the Lambs, just like with Saw, and, and I said on, on the Saw movies, the ones that I love, they have a perfect back and forth, a little bit here, a little bit there. That's what they did with Silence of the Lambs. And honestly, that's what they did with Hannibal, too. You have fucking Clarice, you have Verger, and you have fucking Hannibal's story. In this movie, it was it was back and forth for a little bit. But then in the second half of the movie, Hannibal is almost nowhere to be found for long stretches. And that's, I love that, and though. I, I found I'm, myself I'm, missing. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm fine with it. But this is a fucking Hannibal movie. I don't care all that much about Dollar Hyde to the point that I just want to fucking focus on the fucking Tooth Fairy. Did you I spend get- that much time with fucking Buffalo Bill? And I liked him too, but I don't give a fuck about... Uh, let me let me rephrase it. It isn't that I don't give a fuck. It's just that I want more of Hannibal Lecter. And I, I thought... I, I, I can understand wanting more, but this isn't Hannibal's film. This is Will Graham's yeah. film. And this movie, remember, this was a series of books, as you well know. And this book, it's not like this was the third written book. This was the first written book yeah. with, with the Hannibal Lecter character. So the, what they did was they actually wedged in more for people like you so that you would be like, okay, I got enough Lecter now. Whereas before it was like, I think, one sequence. And now they, they, the they scattered it. Like well, I keep saying, people buy the ticket to see the main event. They want to see fucking I Anthony Hopkins it, on the screen. But I respect it for that because in other ways it turns into Freddy. Not that he would have turned into Freddy. Then you get, oh my God, they like him. Let's put him in here and there. And, and now he's going to razzle dazzle. Then he becomes Bugs Bunny. Now I'm not going to say that they would have done that with this character because this is a high class version. But I'm just saying by pulling back, it's almost like they're still respecting the source material since it is Red Dragon named after the book. But they've they know that they've got the popularity of the of the Hannibal character that yeah. we want as fans, so they they sprinkle them in a little bit more so to appease yeah. us. And the but, Graham Lecter, the Graham Lecter, uh, yeah, the Graham Lecter relationship is, is a is a is great, but it's a lot different than the the Starling Hannibal relationship. Of course, the, it's, the, it's, but not, it's not it's not a love affair, so it makes no. sense why uh, Graham would not want to go see Hannibal as much. He's terrified of him. I get all that, but I'm just saying I wish they would have taken 15 minutes. Out of the fucking courtship of Dollarhide and the blind girl. Oh, and, I, love oh it. No. I love it. Love I love it. it. I get the point of it after a while. I, I, I just give me the highlights of it, and, and I'll get the point. I don't need to see. Every, I don't know. I, I just thought it was a little bit too much. I would have preferred fifteen minutes of that taken out and put in the beginning of this 
where we see Hannibal get busted. I, I would have liked to see more buildup and maybe him kill, maybe show him killing the fucking the guy from the uh, the what do you call it? The who, by the way, I think it's the same person they mentioned in the movie before. How he killed the guy from the orchestra. He Benjamin, killed to make Benjamin himself. Yeah, guy, yeah. I, this may be I the quote-unquote unpopular opinion. Now, hear, hear me out, because uh, I'm going to say, from a story structure, I think this is one of the the, the best story of the three. Story. I, I think the movie, Silence of the Lambs, is the best movie. Yeah. It has the best acting. It's got the best the best dialogue. But this is the best story. Like My wife said it when she, she was watching me watch this. She says, I wish I didn't have to go to work, because I would have loved to have watched this with you again. She says, what a story. And she's right. It's such it's constructed so beautifully and and the, what they left out of manhunter what they brought back in here is that whole relationship of 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 him getting in the head of the the killer and then using that psychology against him at the end again uh but the whole the whole time of how does he know about all these people the ins outs of their houses and the fact that he works at this video editing place and and that, that stuff is great i agree with i that. love all that shit I do too. I love the investigation. I just thought there was a little too much of the courtship. That's it. That, that, that I think. I think I would. I think some of that time would have been better served on Hannibal than than some other aspects of, of of the story. That's all I'm saying. I'm a Hannibal Mark, I guess. I guess I want to see as much of him. But you're I I'll, again, you're a Hannibal fanboy. Maybe I am. <laughs> maybe I don't want you're to see what C says. I don't want it to go a Hannibal. <laughs> I wouldn't want to That's see it go. Where it's forced in, where and then it does become fucking you. you it, it becomes a critique of the film that oh they just wedge Hannibal in here to have him. So I I, I guess I guess in I love I, the I way I it, it I back. love the way it opens with him at the harmonic him you know seeing Benjamin oh, Raspell playing horrible and then all cutting yes. right to the dinner and the woman like what's this delicious amuse bouche yeah it's like if I tell you you wouldn't even try it it's great and yeah. then when Graham shows up and. <sighs> Not only does he figure out, you know, the actual profile and figure out that they got it wrong, the he questions Hannibal. He's like, "There's no way you wouldn't have known this." Yeah, yeah. basically, he's like, yeah. shocked at. Yeah, a human. I, I can make mistakes. Yeah, whatever. and like, then it, of course, yeah. you know, the the, the stabbing and him t- talking him through it. You're in shock now. Let it just drift away. Oh. You're, you're feeling warm. Just, just, just let it happen. So, right. so such a great scene. It is great. It was it was a shock of a uh, of an attack too. Like I forgot what? that it happened right yeah. then and there. For some reason, I remember that happening later in the film. But no, that's the beginning of the film. That's yeah. that's how we kick things off. And did you notice when he was looking at the thing, the menu, it said sweetbreads, and yeah. somebody brought up sweetbreads in one of the earlier films. Do you remember that coming up in discussion? How they ate sweetbreads? Yeah, I always yeah, want to try. Weird? I always want to try sweetbreads, but I don't even know what they are. But somebody mentioned sweetbreads in either Hannibal or in Silence of the Lambs. Is it, is it like? I think it it's lambs. Up. Is it lambs? Uh. Intestines? Ugh, well, that's haggis, no isn't it? Let me look up what's sweet. Haggis, Haggis, yeah, it's haggis. <laughs> well, the, well, while you're looking that up, yeah, no, that yeah. dinner sequence is great, but if someone said, you, uh, uh, if I tell you, you won't want to try it, I'd be like, you're right. damn right. Tell me what the fuck I'm eating, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, people do that. It's the thymus gland or the pancreas of an animal. Mm, nothing, nothing, nothing bread about that. <laughs> I hear sweet bread. I'll stick with my sourdough. Nice. No, I knew it was. Yeah, I, I knew it was cinnamon roll. I knew it was something intestinal. <laughs> and how about the opening credits? The music, fantastic. The the newspaper clippings. I I just a 
big step up from Hannibal. Well, this is uh, this is uh, Simpsons dude. Danny uh, Elfman. Yeah, Danny Elfman. It's what awesome. Right. Yeah, he's very he's Danny very Elfman. tiny. He's very tiny. Danny Elfman does everything, man. He's, yeah, he's very he's so tiny too. Shut for the being fuck up with this joke. <laughs> <laughs> Try to Danny talk right Elf- over it. <laughs> Elfman on the shelf. <laughs> 200 deaths of elfman on the shelf <laughs> yeah maybe he'll compose a soundtrack to that movie for me. that's what you should do kill danny elfman and fucking in 200 ways and make a video of it this holiday season yeah perfect <laughs> you okay with this are you in or you out danny <laughs> <laughs> and this anyway. movie unlike saw five ed norton will graham's external monologue to himself talking through the case makes sense. I, we were all supposed to, the Leeds family was supposed to. You were the hero! <laughs> the Leeds family. Every time I say that line, I'm, I'm actually thinking of Toxic Avenger, of the drunk guy in the taco place going, he was a hero! <laughs> That's what of I'm thinking, thinking of. of. Toxic Avenger. That's your 10 out of 10 favorite movie of all time. <laughs> right next to Goosebumps and Black Christmas 2019. You motherfuckers, you! Yep. <laughs> That's it. That's the big three. Everything with the investigation into the leads and the Jacoby family, when he revisits the house, when he's watching the tapes, when he's talking through, you know, what happened to the pets, the dog, the cat, you know, uh, figuring out the tree where he cut down the limbs and uh, and carved in the symbol and all that. It's just, it's really horrifying. And so well done. Again, they, yeah. he really gets into the mind of, and that's exactly why he didn't want to go down this route again. But it, it's it's great. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, look, after he captures Hannibal, he's retired and living in, you know, in, in Marathon, Florida with his wife and son. And, uh, you know, Crawford comes to him because he needs him on this case. But Will Graham is essentially retired and retires again after this, which is well, why, you know, it sets up perfectly for them to just go right into Silence of the Lambs. What a great scene with uh, he goes, I had some certain you had some certain disadvantages. He goes, what was that? You're insane. You're insane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was good stuff. It's great. It's a great line. I love that line. Definitely. I can't believe, Dave, that you're you're not as intrigued by I love the house he's in. I love how they're they're telling him that that again, the backstory of of having the grandma, the fucking horrible oh, grandmother fantastic. just through overdubs. I'm this is what you're misunderstanding. No. I my thing is the courtship. It was too much of it. With Reed, I, I didn't hide all of the fucking courtship of Dollar Hyde and the blind girl. I, was, I, I, I I know why it's there and it's necessary for the plot. Yeah. I just thought as I'm spe- as I was spending too much time with them, I was getting a little bit bored by it. That's all. I can understand what you're saying, but I love the fact that it builds from from like sheer terror of him being touched, like the way he cringes when she first touches him. Like, she, like he's so ashamed of himself, even though like he's a tall, fit, like decent-looking guy, and like, but like she, she just he hates himself. He's got such dysmorphia be, because of the abuse, and eventually it builds to the point where you know he ends up with her, and he sleeps with her, and they, they have a great time, and he's actually falling for her, and he's conflicted, and he says she's nice, and that he likes her, and no, you can't have her. He doesn't want to give her to the dragon, which is why he goes. To the Brooklyn Museum and consumes the Blake painting. He consumes the Blake painting. I don't know if people think it's because he wants to become one with the dragon. It's because he's trying to destroy the dragon and suppress it. 
But is then that what he's of, doing? Oh, I it, thought he was trying to make himself stronger. Wow. Yeah, I always thought that too until I watched it this time. And I'm wow. saying to myself, he's actually trying to destroy it because then he says later on, it's back. Good. Because yeah, he wants he wants to fall in love. It's almost like he yeah, wants to be rid of he this. Wa- he wants the happy ending yeah. with her, but he's right. just, but it comes back the dragon. Wow! Oh, that, Did you find that a little oh. bit funny? Were you laughing a little bit the way how how quick he was eating the fucking page? It is a little bit comical. And, and that and just knocking out women every two seconds. Woman comes in, just fucking knock her right out. I know. It's cr- the Jack. I I wondered if he was wondering if there's any sweetbreads to go along with it, like just. Just something to help wolf that thing down because he was something. Going down I hear you, dude. The, the codes and the personal ads with him and Lecter. Yeah, that was good stuff. Great. No, right. do you think yeah. they had the technology with the toilet paper? That I love that sequence where like you're, you got, you got to feign like a power outage and make sure that you're going back into that uh, janitor. That janitor was over the top. <laughs> God damn it! I want a quick fucking job. Well, that's why yeah. Hopkins saw right through it. That oh, Hannibal yeah, was smart. Yeah, Hannibal, Maybe though. if you would have downplayed it a little bit, it, it, it may have worked. Well, he also knew because one of the guys who came out of the cell and pretended to be mopping the floor didn't push the latex glove all the way in. So yeah. he saw the latex glove. Yeah, he did see the glove. Yeah, but, but he, he thing. <laughs> every movie, every horror movie. Do you think they had the technology, though? It Sorry, was 2002. Dave. It's not like it was no, 50. Years that's ago. when the movie came out. This movie oh, takes place you're, uh, you're before. Yeah, it takes place in the late 80s, probably. Yeah, and they're and they're like doing 80s. that code on the toilet paper. There's a, oh, you may you may think you got the upper hand, yeah, but I've got yeah. And then boom, boom, boom. I love what they've done there. I was just trying to think from a from a forensics or or, or investigative standpoint. Is that shit? This would be 88, 89 because it happens right before silence starts. So I I don't know. It's a good point though. I didn't even. Hey, at least they they investigated on like Scream, where they didn't get any forensic evidence until the third part. Why does Philip Seymour Hoffman like? At first, I was I thought he was turned on by when he, the dragon reveals himself. He's like, oh god, oh god, but he's he's terrified. But he comes yeah. across as like, I'm terrified, but totally into you at the same time, man. You look leave, at those tats. You leave the Hoff alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love him. He's and a, he was a fantastic actor. Dude, he was, and Norton was my favorite actor for a long time. And then I just he 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 stopped taking roles that I was interested in. So, but for the longest yeah, time, yeah, Norton doesn't do as much anymore. I heard he was difficult to work with, but he's such a great actor too. Well, he directed. He, he directed a movie that came out right before COVID. Uh, what he do? He directs too. So he directed. Oh, he directed, oh, yeah. he directed a few movies, and he directed one that came out and kind of bombed right before COVID hit. Irish something or right, other. Right before COVID hit. Yeah, it's a, that's his next movie, right before COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what was the name of it for real? I can't fucking remember now. Uh, Irishman something or other. Not Irish. Uh, I'll have to look it up while you guys are talking. Irishman, the Scorsese film? He directed yeah. the Scorsese film? Yeah. <laughs> he was the fucking upholster guy sausage. I want to beat the really, fucking pulp out of him. It wasn't Scorsese. Yes. Scorsese is Hooper? Yep. Yes, exactly. Yep. It's a he told yeah. them? Well, he told them. He fucking told them. Scorsese oh, said to him, you better tobe the line here. <laughs> the fuck? Like, How about the, the, uh, the Motherless Brooklyn. Brooklyn? What's that? Motherless Brooklyn was the movie he made. Oh, Motherless Brooklyn. No, I actually have heard of that. Yeah. That's, supposed to, be, that's supposed to be a good film. It came out in the theaters. Or it was like yeah. right before, I said right before COVID, but it was actually, I think, December range. No, that was that's supposed to be yeah. a really good film. I haven't seen it yet, but I've yeah. heard good things about. He, he directed as well as starred in it. So, oh, look at that double Not threat. Interesting. Well, he his roles in the beginning were great. He had like five six roles in a row, where he was fucking great. Then he the did a couple of fucking bomb, 
Then did a couple. Yeah, dude, amazing. Then did a couple rom coms and something else and an action movie, and I was just like, eh. And then I fell out, and then so. I mean, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's another guy that right off the bat, him and Thomas Jane, both, again, back to Boogie Nights, same thing. Well, Fucking, that's when I up. first saw them. And there's the a Twister, Boogie Nights connection in the Hannibal world. What's that? He was also in Twister, but Boogie Nights is where I remember oh, him. Oh, I don't most. know shit about Twister. I saw it once, maybe, and was exactly what I thought it was, and then whatever. But um, no movie? The Boogie Nights connection. It's in, in the Hannibal trilogy. You had fucking yeah. Hannibal Boogie has a thirteen inch. Hannibal has a thirteen inch son. <laughs> <laughs> Quid pro quo, Clarice. Quid pro quo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, uh, Julianne Moore. Yeah. Julianne Moore in the last one, and Philip Seymour Hoffman in this yeah. one. Yeah, a couple of Boogie Nights. Uh, yeah, quite another. So many one. notes. Yeah, the Tattler. You have so many notes. The Tattler. How about fucking Freddy in a saw trap? <laughs> I never thought I'd utter those words, but that's what happened in this movie. You are a racist. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I will glue you to this wheelchair. <laughs> oh yes, that that's it. That's the saw trap. Well, and it was, yeah. You went you went hot there for a second. I don't know what happened. I went hot. No, Dave, did you not sound like overmodulated for you for a second? Oh, maybe. I, was... I don't know what happened. It was weird. But yes, racists. This is on my. But yeah, he that whole scene of him on a fi- firing inferno being oh, sent down. Oh. I actually that awesome. scene in Manhunter is also terrifying because it's done yep. in the in the parking garage. Yeah. So I will say it's done really well here. It's not as scary because he just rolls down the street. Yeah. True. Well, You're that's right. down the street. avenue. It's more. It's scarier <laughs> in Manhunter, but it's still but it, a great. It's also scene. good in the show. Remember they did it in Hannibal the show. Yeah. The this show, is actually the weakest one of yeah. of the three, if you think yeah. about. it. I but agree. it's so cool. Anytime there's a guy in a wheelchair fucking being pushed on fire, <laughs> in in a work of fiction. Every time. So the uh, three know, renditions and, of this. <laughs> yeah, that's why they keep showing it. Obviously, people like to see it. We're putting one in our movie. For no reason whatsoever, Brandon's now going to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> like in that one movie. <laughs> Like on the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, for no reason they had a fucking chicken on fire running through the fucking living room. <laughs> you guys ever see that movie? Oh, no. Amazing. And then later on, one of the characters says to the other, he goes, did you see that chicken guy before? That guy was weird. <laughs> it's, for no reason there was a chicken on fire running through their living room. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie. Oh, <laughs> Did you ever Sorry, see I was it? looking at my, I was no, I've never seen it, but I was looking at my notes oh. and I turned up, look up to see a chicken on fire, to hear a chicken on fire. <laughs> Did the chicken stop screaming, Brandon? You will, you will let me know when the chicken stops screaming, won't you? We brought this up <laughs> earlier too, uh, about the horrific element of the films, and I, I did say that I kind of rate this on part because when you were with Ray Fines or Ralph Fines, that shit is horrific. It's horrific, yeah. like his yeah. stuff there. Uh, and when you're seeing, when you're seeing like the the glass in the eyes, the mirrored 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 in the eyes of the family members, you took off shit. your gloves, didn't you? You had yeah. to touch him, didn't yep. you? Yeah, he's a that's... secretor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a secretor that, too. <laughs> that stuff is fucking freaky, but no, it is because you're we're focused on it. I still feel like Hannibal plays out more horrific overall, but then when you when you actually pinpoint these sequences, they're scary. Based on like him working at this video duplication company. And I love, I love, because everyone thinks it when you see this scene, when Crawford and um, Graham 
devised a plan to to put in a false ad about the Tooth Fairy with Lowndes. I love the way Hannibal asks him about his first murder. Because they did. They killed Freddie Lowndes. That was a mistake on their right. part. You would have thought they would have had police police covering Lowndes as well as Graham. But they didn't. They they, that's because they didn't like Freddie Lowndes. They pulled the fucking jigsaw. They, they, yeah. they, they gave him a chance, but they didn't really like him. And if he dies, he dies. Yeah. They were they, that was kind of dickish of them, and I love it that was. Hannibal call that Hannibal calls him out on that. He was pretty yeah. slimy uh, again. So I'm going by what my wife said in the book. He's really a scuzzbag, uh, but in this movie they do a good job. Like his hair looks kind of greasy, and he's like kind of unkempt yeah. a bit. Like they, if you really look at him, they, he's they, much hotter in the TV show. Indeed, <laughs> I was going to tell you that. Yeah, she's I was going to bring that up too. Oh, oh boy, it's a female in the TV show. Yeah, it's yep. a female Freddie Lowndes. Huh. And a real attractive one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. Female Freddy. She still is called Freddy, too. It's funny. Freddy. Yep. Freddy Lounge. How He's about the other? How's this yeah. for a wet dream? <laughs> <laughs> said female Freddy. I had to go with it. There's another Saw comparison. Did you guys realize that that fucking one guy is Detective Singh? Yeah. Detective Singh. Saw. Singh Saw. Yeah. The, cra- the, the one who cracks the code. Yep. The one who cracks the code is fucking the guy from Saw. I noticed him right. I go, wait a minute. Of course, I had to double check, but I was like, I think that's fucking that's Singh. That's where Sean. I knew the guy from. I'm like, this guy looks very familiar. Fucking this from Saw from yep. a few weeks back. I'm like, wow. He was also in the Sopranos episode. I remember him from that too, but yeah. He was looking for Danny Glover all throughout this movie. <laughs> I have where, no Where's pity. Tap at? That'd be great if there was a crossover. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just think there was a uh, I don't want to spend that much time with my killer trying to fucking get a girlfriend. I think that's my 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 one complaint. If I, I'm going to spend a majority of my movie with the killer, I want it to be like Joe Spinell. You know what I mean? That's what I want to see. I don't want to see I, I again, that's that's my one critique. I don't dislike the movie. I just wish it was a little less of this and a little more something else. See, just this, like you know, it's weird because you're right. This one very much ties in with silence in the sense that the uh, dollar hide is very much like Buffalo Bill, and yeah, that they bring he's, it back. He's, he's got very, he's got a lot of dysmorphia about about mm-hmm. who he is because of his abuse. But I like the fact that overall, you know, Graham even alludes to it at the end that that this monster wasn't born. This monster was made, which makes it even more sad, which is, which is why I think they spend a lot of time with it because you think you want to see the, the power struggle that he has with the dragon. I mean, him becoming the dragon is horrifying. That tattoo is fucking awesome. Oh but, my uh... God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you thought he was being turned on him? No, no, no. It's, it's like, he's walking oh. that fine line of being terrified, but he said, but I pictured him as being the character from Boogie Nights. And then, like, see, like, Dirk Diggler going, oh, my God. <laughs> he was that. He was fucking, yeah. he couldn't breathe. He was holding the boom mic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just like Blind Girl was doing, Emily Watson, who's great in this, too. Um, and when yeah, she sees, you, want- you know, you know that he's hung like a fucking horse because she's like, oh, my God. You're so hung like a red <laughs> dragon. He's <laughs> breathing fire on me. Is that your big throbbing red dragon? Oh, wait a minute. Why did they call him Buffalo Bill and they said that he skims his humps? He didn't have he didn't hump any of them. It just occurred to me now. He didn't he didn't do anything sexually with those fucking with those girls. Right. Didn't they say there was no sexual fucking touching? So why do they say he skins his humps? I don't get it. Skinning your hump. It's like uh, it's like removing the skin from your catch. Isn't that the oh, saying? Hump? Your, I thought skin... your hump was a sexual thing. No. Hump. No, I think your hump, hump is like your catch. 
Like, oh, I caught was a like, pig. Now, oh, now I'm going to skin. Now I'm going to yeah. skin the hump. Skim the hump is a, is a saying. You thought you were like skim the fuck. I fucked them, so now I'm going to yeah, skin them. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, okay. And he only did it on Wednesday. It up to see exactly what's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that song, "My Humps." My humps, my humps, my humps. My little lady lumps. Okay, now I get it. Yeah, hump, hump skins. Hump skins. Hump skins. When someone, when, initially when I saw the movie and they said this one likes to skin his humps, I always thought they meant, you know, he sexually assaulted them. He humped them and then he skinned them. Yeah, oh. his, his lovely lady skin humps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm glad, I, if I, I'm glad I brought that up. I never would have fucking. Okay. I like the way Freddy's like, no, I won't open my eyes. I won't open my eyes. <laughs> He? No, I don't want to see you. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. no, I won't. Imagine I'll how terrified see. you'd be if you were that girl at the end of the burning inferno of a house. Holy fuck. That would be fucking and, terrifying. And how about, Christian, how about your opera Manicarino? I was just room? about to bring it up. The Manicarino. <laughs> it, he totally pulls oh, a Manicarino. Right. Although he uses, uh, look at the Ralph. brain on Brett. He uses Ralph. <laughs> For, that guy's been in a ton of things. Pulp yeah. Fiction. Newsies. What's the one? What's yeah. uh, the Jennifer Connelly one? Oh, uh, career opportunities. Career opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Oh. No problemo. Where she she gets to <laughs> ride the horse hump. Yeah. <laughs> ride the everybody horse, remembers man. that scene because that scene everybody's like, "Wow, she hasn't aged at all." Because at that point, you figured it was this was like it felt like it was like ten years after Labyrinth or anything else, and she looked she looked. Like she was twenty, <laughs> still. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I guess she, was she like wasn't 60... much further off. She's probably only like twenty-four. She but... still looks good though today, oh. and she's like fifty, and she looks good. Yeah. Anyway. Unrelated. Uh, have you guys ever seen the talented Mr. Ripley? Yes. yes. Okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that too. Yeah. Great movie. Great, great movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just just wanted to put it out there because it is a great movie. Anyway. Great okay. fucking movie. <laughs> anyway, the. Uh, Freddie. Remember, he, he was calling him because, anyway, whatever. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love it. I love it. Tell me when you're watching that you don't think he's like, he half getting turned on and half terrified out of his fucking mind. Because right. really, at the end of the day, he's just flexing his muscles and showing off his tattoos. And but I feel, like he, I feel like he probably put all... something up on the screen, too. On the screen, really? He probably flexed and then puts put up some images on the. Because why would he need the projector for the light? I mean, yeah, it's. I feel like maybe he put up some images of like what he did to his victims or stuff. Yeah, the mirrored-eyed images. Those maybe. are those are pretty intense. Oh. Those are gruesome, man. How about Hannibal kept asking for him? Uh, that was good. That was a nice <laughs> little thing. Oh, you know, that's what I wanted to mention. The little Easter egg. Do you see the drawing in Hannibal's cell? It's of uh, of the place in Florence where he's in Hannibal. Where he's conducting where he hangs Potsy and everything like that. They, there's a little oh, there's no, a I diagram on the cell wall in there when he goes to visit him. And I can't remember the name. The Italian in me is totally forgetting. But it's the building in Florence that uh, that Hannibal does the teaching later on and, and uh, strings out uh, Patsy yeah. and, and guts him. Oh. Well, even it's, in it's Silas, really nice. he's drawing everything. Silas. He draws everything from memory. So yeah. it's just nice because right. this is like a. I figured that this would been put there as an Easter egg, knowing that yeah. that's going to be something that we revisit later in the series, even though the movie came beforehand. It was. It's like for fans to find out. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that is cool. And again, another another story here with the investigation where you you get enough clues, the stuff with the the bolt cutters and seeing the original door. And things change, and why wouldn't he know about that? And then yeah. you realize that he knows the insides of the house, 
and connecting it to the tapes and, and all that. It's, it's really some really clever stuff in here. Oh, for, for sure. Again, it progresses beautifully and, and the revelations come naturally. They don't seem forced or like there's a, like a big leap of faith into like, oh, come on. How did that happen? I think they do it quite quite well yeah. like to keep you on board and uh, dave i totally get what you're saying with with um with a bit much of of reba and dollar hide i do feel like yeah, it's crucial bit. to the film even the scene where you might feel like you'd be cut out where he takes her to see the tiger i feel like it's very uh i'm okay with that see, it's they, weird they, they, they it's, i feel like it's such, it earlier yeah not only that i feel like it's a great scene because the way she puts her hand on dollar hide and feels him and then the way she puts her hand on the tiger very similar and they're both similar in that they're they're like these majestic beasts, right? So yeah. it's it's very cool. like it's like a juxtaposition with the uh, with the earlier scene. Really, maybe well just done. when they're hanging out. I don't know. Kicking well, I like out. I like when she's sitting on the couch and he's watching. You know, it's the new cool. family. Yes. That's terrifying. Of course. Yeah. Yes, it is. That's great. That's like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer type shit, <laughs> right? Yeah. It just yeah, it has like vi- that vibe to it. Well, he's uh, planning. These are his plans for his next yeah. victim. Which yeah. is fucking great. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, it's, it, it is great. The uh, so my, my wife came in uh, and it happened to be on the scene where it's one of the interactions uh, with Hannibal, and she noticed this. I, I didn't really notice it right away, but it, she felt like it almost seemed like Hannibal was superimposed in the scene. Now, whether that was it was just the lighting choice they did or whatever, it's almost like he wasn't in the cell, and she didn't know if maybe they fucked up and it was a special effect or whatever. But I just didn't know if, based on your mm. reactions, I don't think you guys noticed that at all. It just seemed weird because it it didn't seem like he was physically in the shot. In the version I watched, it was just Ed Norton talking to a tennis ball on a stick. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you got the work print. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I they're thinking of using it, David I... Cox. <laughs> I'm gonna be looking next time. I'll yeah, tell you well, that much. Uh, I don't own this one though. I had to fucking do a, a fake, uh, uh, not a fake, but a, a stars rental uh, for for the week. You know, I, I, I have stars. So I was able to watch it on stars on demand. I don't own this or Hannibal. I own it. I just got the 4K because I said it was on sale. Was yeah, I didn't, buy, I didn't buy it. Yeah, I just been not buying shit. But yeah, I'm, me and C are fucking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know. But then that's the thing. Like, there's. <laughs> I, oh, I don't even want to get into it because there's so many things like they. They have a new American Werewolf in London because I'm like, well, that Arrow one is awesome and it's one of my favorites, but that's such a, it's 45 bucks and there's a brand new one just got released last week, restored edition with all these uh, special features. No, nothing nothing great. It's a studio version, but it's like 16 bucks, Blu-ray. Yeah, wait yeah. for the Arrow sale. I wait for the sales. Everything's about the sale. When I buy yeah. an Arrow, I, I never spend more than 20, 25. You know what I mean? I wait for the fucking don't be don't be my pet peeve in the horror community. You know what my pet peeve is among horror fans and horror collectors. Day one buy. Day one buy. Shut oh, the I fuck up. Well, this wasn't. This is, yeah, this was just more that this was a better price for a movie that I yeah. love in still a good version. Day one buy only applies to stuff like the Friday box set because you know it's going to sell right. out. But other right. than that. You don't need the movie right away. You can wait till it's in price. Don't even get me started. <laughs> We're going to go off with day one buy. I fucking hate so, day. Whenever somebody says day one buy, I just want to fucking ghost at their ass. It's like when someone says whelp. It's probably whelp. just a I'll be like, whelp, day one buy? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could say that too. Oh, so-and-so has just been announced. Whelp, day one buy. <laughs> I will go so far as to say I'll take whelp over day one buy. I would take whelp over day one buy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What am I looking at here? Who uh, knows? I don't know. What do we have? We have anything else before we uh, raid on this fucker? 
Oh, I love when Lecter, is- I love when oh. Lecter taunts Chilton about his rejection from the archives. Oh yes, oh. yes, great scene. I do like they brought him and Bernie back. I, I think that was great. Like Barney. Bar- what did I say, Bernie? Barney. Yeah, we, we, we can have Barney's. We, we can have Barney's. We can have Barney's. We can have Barney's. He's got all the fucking stuff. He's got all the Hannibal shit. This is just yeah. Hannibal stuff. And they're just carrying around a dead wow. Mason Verger. Yeah. <laughs> Another Saw 7 thing. Barney on one side, Cordell on the other, and Mason in the middle dead. And they're just dancing him around. <laughs> we can have Barney's. How about that? Wow. <laughs> And look, it's, it's really, saw reference it, it's too, man. Really, a saw reference. Yeah, another one. Barney sells the fucking shit to Verger, to Verger, and fucking in Saw Seven, the girl collects the fucking stuff from the dark web, the fucking yeah. shit. See, I'm telling you, the saw people definitely fucking lifted ideas from here. What? Um, it's a good place to lift them from. Peanut butter, no jelly, ham, no Verger. <laughs> wow. Sorry, when you said Verger, made me think of Friday. <laughs> I can see that. I can see. You can't see that. You can't see that. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> awesome. Oh, good. But yeah, all the stuff at the end is fucking great with the reveal, the tapes, and then he goes back home and the old switcheroo and the fucking mannequin Reno, and then the way he talks him down, giving him kind oh, of. Oh my god! Don't Friday cry! TV. Don't cry at me, you little faggot! I know. That, Jesus. that <laughs> whole know. sequence is great because, again, that's not in the. <laughs> That's not in Manhunter, and it's so well done. The level of intensity for a final sequence is great. And everything makes sense because, one, after the case was over, Jack gives him Dollar Hyde's journal. So he reads through the journal, sees the writings about how the grandmother spoke to him, and uses those exact words to talk him down. Perfect. And also, earlier in the film, after the first scare with the family, when Hannibal gives Dollar Hyde the address, he teaches Mary Louise Parker how to shoot. So the fact that, you know, people might say, oh, True. how she, she he's teaching her. Good call. Yeah. They so tie everything, it all up. everything is yeah, yeah, perfectly wrapped up in a bow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you how dirty, high are you guys? You dirty little beast. <laughs> yeah, you dirty little beast. <laughs> Whatever the fuck he says. The fucking, you're disgusting. <laughs> the filthiest <laughs> child I've ever seen. <laughs> That's great. Oh, shit. It's funny. I don't have the pacing issue that I had with Hannibal, yet for whatever reason, I have this as an eight, but I enjoy it just as much as Hannibal. So I don't know why I wouldn't just go to the eight and a half that I gave Hannibal as well. So Why why don't you do that, uh, shit lips? I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Shit lips. I don't know where that came from. Okay, pinprick. (laughs) The opposite of lip shits. That's why. Yeah, shit lips. (laughs) Just because he's saying how much he loves it, and he's giving it a lower grade. Well, so then I went and matched it, you fuck. What are you at, you prick? I'm at a 9 out of 10. Wowzer, nice. Really? Yeah, I I love Red Dragon. Well, I'll tell you what. I give it the same score, 7.5. Same score I gave Hannibal. (gasps) I I can't tell you on which day which one I like more at this point. So I I don't know yet. I think they need a a few more views. But there's pros and cons to both. Of course, none of the masterpiece. What a collection of scars. Mm. Yes. Yes, indeed. Especially don't, forget who, don't forget who gave you the greatest one of all. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. And then that ending, just like, that's so cool. You know, when the, yep. you know, there's oh. someone from the academy to see you. What's her name? Oh, Cut to fun. cry. Perfect. Yeah. So perfect. perfect. <laughs> I love when they do that stuff in prequels. I'm trying yeah. to think of another instance when it happens. And Rogue I One. Like, oh. Rogue One did it for me. I like that. I loved when they did fun. it in that one. 
I got goosebumps watching fucking yeah. that shit. Yeah, right, um, right into like the new the the new beginning. Right. <laughs> I do <knew> hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roy. Fake Darth Vader in the next movie. <laughs> there should have been a fake Vader. Darth Roy. <laughs> Peter's still alive. That's what they should have done in the fucking last one when, when Palpatine yeah. came back. It should have been a fake Palpatine. Oh, that was yeah. fucking right, just like Roy. Oh, this what? conversation's giving me heart Palpatines right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Good show. Anyway. Thank you, Christini. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you very much. Favorite movie and, of all time. Yeah, pretty solid fucking trilogy. Love pretty it. solid trilogy. Sure. And I'm telling you, people do shit on 27 out of 30 for me. Fucking sound. wow, fanboyisms continue. Jesus, what's going on with me? Oh, wait, next show. <laughs> next show, next show is the big one. Oh, fuck. Nick Polar, <laughs> Apostle, and Suspiria 2018. Wow. Thank you for picking the longest fucking movies ever, even though I like most of these movies. Thank you for uh, for making sure the average runtime is four days. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait oh, to talk about these movies. Dave, you want to record Midsommar review as a solo cast and then. Christian and I will join you for the other two. <laughs> because Christian is going to have just as much to say. I know. He's, he's a Midsommar fanboy, too. Yeah, it's well, not. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I oh, it's. Yeah. I just don't think it's ah. going to be. I don't think our conversation needs to be as long as the fucking film. So I think and we could still keep it in line. But yes, I love I all. I like th- our Red Jagging review was just pretty short. No, not no. really. Not really. really? That, no. Yeah, I think no. we were both at 45 minutes. Uh, yeah. Almost 45. Almost like maybe 40 minutes for that. Yeah. Either way, we went long, and we're going to probably go longer on the next show, and I have been waiting and waiting and waiting to talk about Midsommar because I have so many fucking inflections on this film that I don't think anybody's made. So we'll do I'm a director's really, cut? Gotta do director's cut because it's fucking amazing. It's, it's, it's so much better. It adds so much to the fucking characters of this film to, to watch the fucking director's I might, cut. I might Gordon myself. It gives this. you all the reasons. Have you only watched it once, Spaded? What? Have you only watched it once? Once in theaters. Okay. Oh, are you serious? Dude, yeah. you might love the fucking director's cut at home. Uh, we'll see. I've watched it three times. The director's yeah. cut once, the last time, so I'm looking forward I've to seeing it, it again. Like yeah. Seven times. And I need the director's cut. cut. Someone's got to send it to me. I think you sent it to me before, Christian. Yeah, I'll get it Do to you. you. Okay, well, that's next show. We love you all. Thank you so much for the support. Oh, oh, what? come on. What? You got to show on and know. What is it? Oh, no, I, le- I left a beautiful note out of Red Dragon that I just want to throw in real quick. Fucking fantastic house explosion. Oh, yeah. Was... Fantastic head explosion this episode. Full <laughs> house explosion this Full episode. House explosion. <laughs> Full, yeah, DJ Tanner just got blown out of the fucking house. It's a full house explosion. <laughs> <laughs> now that was worth saying around for. Yeah, the Olsen twins. The Ol- yeah, they switched one of the Olsen twins with the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we love you. Love you long time. Take care. Long, long time. Take care. <laughs>